Well, welcome everybody to Saturday night. Here you go, Mike. Mate, I'm wonderful. I'm down here instead of sitting up in the lounge room with the other half watching the coronation. Right, eh? Oh, uh, man. People actually watching that, are they? I think they are. Right. I reckon I've dodged a bullet. I think you have too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I won't. I won't say I'd be watching it, even if I wasn't doing this. But um, uh, you know, obviously, some people do like that. I'd rather watch grass grow. Hmm. Yes. Anyway, I, I'm mm. concerned about the millions that are spent. But anyway, well, um, we can talk about that, mate. There's, that's a subject for discussion. If anyone's interested in talking about the millions of dollars our government managed to allow governments, sir, uh, uh, respectfully, buddy, pay up the wall on our behalf. I say 200, 200 countries, that sound right? 200, like that. 200 yeah, dignitaries or something like that. But I imagine that'd be a couple of million bucks each by the time they had all their well, uh, supporters with them. Uh, so, I, think they've had, I think they've had 4,000 military personnel marching around in circles on an airfield for the last several weeks in the UK. Really? I mean, they don't do that for nothing when you think about it, you know. If, if they're all only getting paid like a thousand bucks, we just say average it out at a thousand bucks a week, mm. right? Yeah, uh, four thousand of them marching around in circles like it's it's not pocket change. Yeah. It's not beer money. Yeah. yeah. So you won't be going back to the the recording of it and watching it later on tonight. No, no, I, no, I won't be recording. I'm far more likely. To uh, go and wash my hair or something. Right, eh? You don't have much of that. No, I don't have much of that. It won't take very long that I can get off to, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't know, picking marbles up with a pair of tweezers or something. That'll do me. Yeah. So what's what's the week brought for you, apart from our show on Wednesday night and a lovely chat with Greg Casey? Yeah, Greg Casey was all right, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, a few out there may not like the fact that there's a higher patrolman on here, but it's... Uh, well, former, former, former high patrolman. Yeah, but great yeah. conversation, uh, great fellow to listen to. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the conversation with Greg because, I mean, he was very realistic and, and uh, pragmatic. Yeah. And, and uh, he's doing this research now into the fatigue management and enforcement of fatigue management and really speaking... It's, it's research that needs to be done, and uh, yeah. I hope that someone actually pays attention to the results he gets. Well, perhaps yeah. coming from an academic, as yeah. he will be when he releases yeah. his findings, that it, it yeah. may actually have a bit of bit of um, bit of sting rather than you know listening to us dumbass truck drivers that apparently don't know a great deal about fatigue. Oh, well, we could talk about all this sort of stuff, mate. Quinlan wasn't a dumbass truck driver. Look how much they noticed they took him in. <laughs> well, maybe we hope for another academic then. <laughs> I'm not holding my breath, mate. Yeah. So Yogi yeah. should be in later. He's out there doing his um, the marathon yeah, support. He is. That's right. They've gone for the run in the sand and everything today, haven't yeah. they? Oh, wouldn't that be crippling? I know what it's like to walk just down to the beach here to get on the hard sand. Yeah, no, pass. That's a hard pass from me. Well, they're saying 10Ks in soft sand. Yeah, when you're about a, about two-thirds of the way through the whole event. Oh, jeez. I'll tell you what, it makes, makes the calves just burn even <laughs> thinking about them. Yeah, it does, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So, but anyway, we, yeah. um, 
anyone's got a, a topic they want to have a chat about tonight, text in. Yep. 0491-825-633. It's a text yep. or a call. Um, Yogi should be along a little bit later. Any other news, Mike? Well, um, I've just been looking at what's not on the news. I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff that we can talk about. There was a woman. This this cracks me up. So I'll, hang on, I'll, hang on. Not a, not a woman. There was a woman. Yeah. Did you yeah, say? There was, yeah, there was a woman. Right. Okay. Who's been found after she went missing for five days in the Victorian bushland? Right? Yeah. She had nothing but nothing but a couple of snacks and a bottle of wine. Right. And she got through for five days. Five days, a couple of snacks and a bottle of wine. Oh, and some lollies. Right. She's been found safe and well in the Victorian bush. She stayed with her car, which yeah. is probably the most sensible thing you can do if you do get lost in the uh, in the high country in Victoria. I would have thought yeah. so. But, so um... she stayed with her car and uh, she was found by the police air wing. Uh, up near Mitter Mitter, in the Mitter Mitter bushland. Mitter Mitter. Mitter Mitter. That um, um, high country would be getting a little bit chilly through the evening. It probably yeah. would be too. Yeah. No, she got up there and, and she was sort of, I don't know, she got to be where she was, but she taken a wrong turn and then she decided to turn her car around and it got bogged. And, of course, it's not really a high traffic area. Mm. So she's uh, she's got stuck there and... and uh, she said, oh, well, I better stay here with the car. Um, she didn't have any mobile reception. Well, that's a surprise. Go Telstra. <laughs> and uh, due to health issues, she was stay with the car in the remote bush. Well, had she tried to wander off, she probably would have got lost and that would have been the end of her. Yeah. Um, but uh, she stayed with the car. The, the uh, police air wing had been uh, sort of searching around. Everyone was looking for her. Mm. And uh, they they directed a uh, Holden, well, Holden, they directed a police four wheel drive to where she was, and those lovely pictures of the helicopter picking her up and stuff. But all she had was a bottle of wine and a couple of lollies and some snacks mm. for five days. Sounds like one of my daughters. Well, is this a new survival pack? Maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know people that survive on less than that, so anyway. <laughs> I'd uh, probably prefer a couple of stubbies and a bottle of wine, but... Yeah, well, that's right. But, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. Can barely she a teetotal. So she had the bottle of wine as a gift for a mum or something. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that. Ah. I don't know. Well... You, just, you, you can't make it up. It does have, uh, does have water in it, so... Does have water in it? Yeah, they talk about turning yeah, water into wine, but turning wine into water—that mm. might be a different, uh, different <laughs> scenario. So, well, well, I'll tell you what. Good, good news that she got out alive. It is good news that she got out alive. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? It is. You can be lucky. Yeah. It also goes. It also proves the point, though, of something. If you do break down somewhere, or you get stuck. Stay with your vehicle. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can understand why people would be tempted to not stay with their vehicle, but it's the it's a cardinal sin, isn't it? They always say stay with your vehicle. Yeah, and let someone know where you're going. Mm. Although she was taking a shortcut, so she probably thought, oh, to Mum, I'll see you in an hour. And, of course, when she wasn't there to see Mum in an hour, then the, the alarm was raised probably, or maybe yeah. a little while later. But, uh, yeah... Just the way it goes, I suppose. 
It does. But anyway, it's it's so good to see she's safe. Mm. Yeah. So you but you've I'm stayed away from mm. um news dot com obviously so far. No, no, that that was on a new that was on news dot com that story, mate. Yeah, right. Uh, there's some there's some other there's some real trash on there. If you want to get trashy, <laughs> I can get trashy. No, nah, not yet. It's too early for that. Too early in the night to get tracking. Yeah, way too early for that. Anyway, <laughs> we were talking about some music selections earlier, and mm. I've had, we've had a few text messages and stuff through the week, and it's, you know, just a bit of a random selection all round. So <laughs> they can't blame any of it on us. This is all the listener stuff, eh? I'm laughing at a text message I just got. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, someone said a bottle of wine, that's self-control. One bottle? <laughs> yeah. 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 Obviously not a drinker if you only had one bottle. That's right. That's right. That's right. Mm. No, one bottle of wine. Yeah. Unbelievable, it? Yeah, so I just flicked to a, a, a bit of a tune here. We spoke about this one earlier, a bit of T-Rex. Bit of T-Rex, get it on! And you guessed it, didn't you? No, I did. I love it. What else would you play? Righto. Here it comes, mate. We'll be back.
Welcome back, everyone. So, Welcome Mike. Welcome back. Yeah. The countdown begins. Oh, 11 days, 14 hours, 36 minutes Ooh. and one second. You must be on the website. The Brisbane oh, Truck I'm, Show. Yeah. The Brisbane Truck Show. Presented by the Heavy Vehicle Industry Australia. Yep. Yep. Platinum sponsors NTI and Truck Assist. NTI sponsors the podcast, boys and girls. Truck sales are diamond partners and Brisbane, Queensland government, etc. are all uh, partners as well. Mm. And uh, we're going to be there, mate. We're going to be up there. We're going to be broadcasting. We're going to be talking to people. I'm going to be walking around. I don't know if I'll be walking around after the first few hours of being in the in the plough in. Yeah. Because that's where I'm going to set myself up in the plough in, I hope, if I can get away with it. Are you taking a wheelchair? I probably should have. I was thinking about one of those little, you know, those uh, those wheelie wheelie Walmart cart things, you know, you drive around, <laughs> electric scooter. Yeah. Right? And uh, sort of maybe try and get around in one of those. Because I've got the busted wing, so yeah. I won't be able to cart too much stuff around with me. You might need to hire a Sherpa or something like that. I might need to hire a Sherpa. Yeah, I'm taking Rose with me. I don't know if she functions as a Sherpa or not. But well, I think Rose will only carry you for so long. I reckon she will too. She'll <laughs> probably... She'll probably lose her sense of humour if I get if I get too lazy, mm, or too drunk, or too drunk. Well, I won't be getting drunk, mate. Ah, uh, I might. I might I've got a limit. I only drink. I have two drinks a day these days. That's mm. it. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't get too excited anymore. Right. I mean, two drinks a day. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes that's enough. You know. Sometimes that's enough. I... You've got to have rules. You've got to have limits, boundaries, mate. Well, I'd only have two a day, but sometimes I'll just save it all till Friday or Saturday. So I know people that only have two a day, but it's 2.44 going run. You know, <laughs> I don't know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah, so Brisbane Truck Show, we'll, um, Bris- you'll be at the Plough Inn. I will be. With NTI. With NTI. Uh, they are sponsoring the Plough Inn. I'm hoping they're going to let me get away with it. I've been told that that's what's happening. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't have it set in stone, so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah. um, I reckon if I get myself in there and set myself up on a little bit of a table and uh, have a have a little bit of a banner there and just sort of basically fight anyone off with a stick, mm. I don't reckon I'll be. I reckon I'll be pretty hard to move. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> on any given day. On any given day. Yeah. So we'll actually be having uh, a bit of a do there down in the beer garden uh, in oh, South yes. Bank. Um, on Saturday night. With some help from Brownie from TBI. TBI, yeah, my old mate Brownie. Um, the NRFA will be there. Uh, yep. And us on the road and radio. Us. So that'll be down there. We'll have a few special guests. Um, I reckon we will. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh, well, I'm used to that. But yeah, no, we'll have a few few guests down there in the evening. Should be a great night. A bit of music too, yeah. I believe. Yeah, well, I even believe that the uh, the boys from New Zealand Trucking Magazine are coming over and might pay us a bit of a visit. Yeah. Be interesting to get to get in there and have a listen to them mangle a few vowels, I suppose, won't it? 
Oh, that could get a bit funny by the end of the night, uh, couldn't it? Yeah, well, buddy, yeah, yeah. And I spent a lot of time with the boys from New Zealand Trucking Magazine when we were last in New Zealand. Mm. Um, I, I was I was invited to go and attend the Christchurch TMC Truck Show as a guest of Dave and the boys at New Zealand Trucking Magazine, yeah. and uh, they did show me a good time. So I suppose I could probably afford to buy them a beer on Saturday night, eh? Mm. Be, I think so. Yeah, it'd be a little bit interesting. Yeah. It's uh, 18th to the 21st of March on the uh, South Bank in the Exhibition Centre there in Brisbane. That'd be May. Looks I'll like, have to correct you on that. Hey? That it would May. be May. Yeah. That, that'd be May, otherwise it would have been over already, wouldn't yeah. it? I said March, didn't I? Yeah. Good God. So, please. I reckon someone spiked my coffee, I reckon. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people heading that way. Mm. Um yeah. What, towards spiking me coffee? Or oh, the, uh, well, I wouldn't surprise if anyone would do that, but um, <laughs> certainly no one would be putting a roofie in there for you, would they? No, no, no. It would be, be a compliment, if anything. I dream about being roofied, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. That's probably not a very, very nice thing to say, that you can't say stuff like that. Oh, well... Uh, People that know you, they'd understand. So what do you want to see at the truck show, mate? What's the one thing that's going to interest you more than anything else? I'm actually pretty keen to talk to the NHVR about some PBS stuff, to are be honest. Really? Oh, mate. You, yeah. can, you, can do, you can do that any time you like, mate. You can pull into a waverage and talk to them any time you like. Oh, you can't, really, you know. When's the last time you actually willingly pulled into a waverage? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, that, that that's not going to happen. But no, look, I think there's some interesting stuff going, and I believe they might even have a few um, few updates themselves on on what's yeah. going on in in that field. Um, yeah. But no, it, it's it's a big space. Um, yeah. And there there needs to be some movement in like changes in in what's going on at the moment. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd love to have a chat to them, and I think they are open to it. They are they are actually taking um, submissions for PBS slash two at the moment. Are they? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd actually like to talk to them about that. I'd like to have a look at a few new trailers. Yeah. yeah. In the market for a new trailer, are you, mate? No. No. Mm. Just a look. You know, Just a look. Window shopping. Go window shopping? yeah. No, they've always got some interesting stuff to release, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I believe there's, you know, you look at some mobs like Lust Tech and that that are building some pretty special floats at the moment. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'd just like to have a chat to those boys. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Well, Lusty Trailers are going to be there. You can probably go down and have a look at their stand if you want to. Yeah. More tippers, yeah. eh? More tippers. More tippers? Yeah. Is that uh, more tippers or more tippers? Which one? Well, so you want to well, see more tippers or more tippers? <laughs> well, more tippers as in you want to buy more tippers or do you want to have a actually, more tipper? I actually saw, saw a set of tippers come out of um, more, moors the other day, Lionel Moors. Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you what, pretty smick. Yeah, well, yeah they've been job. there for a little while, haven't they? Yeah, doing a good the, job. Uh, What's it up near um, Pittsworth? Um, what's the name of the joint? I can't think of the name of the joint now. Pittsworth. Pittsworth, that's Pits, right. Pittsworth. Pittsworth. Pits. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, look, I mean, they're all building pretty good trails at the minute, but yeah, yeah. This, this set just looked pretty good. 
So yeah. Pretty impressive. Oh, look out. I've clicked the button. I didn't mean to click. What's going to happen now? I don't know. I've got a full screen map of the truck show just come up on my big screen. Yeah, right, eh? You're going to take us for yeah. a tour? Well, I don't know if I can. I'm trying to work out what floor I'm on. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty big. I'm on the mezzanine level. I think you you just need to pick the ground floor. Let's go to the let's go to the uh, floor level, and we'll, let me see if we can go back. I'm going back now to the floor level, the foyer level. Sorry, foyer. The right. foyer level. Yeah, it's not changing. So we will be floating around up there with um, the likes of Simon from Next Journey. Mm. Yeah, well, well Yogi will be on the stand with Next Journey. And uh, there's a lot of stuff going on as far as uh, the uh, the bags, the Next Journey bags and yep. what Yogi's doing with bags. They only just came back from the uh, the truck show, you know, in the, in, in the States, as we all know. In America. So, yeah, over in America. Yeah. I'm looking around here. I'll tell you what, Shell is sponsoring another. They've got cafes all over the place. Really? Shell, the Shell Card Cafe, there's one on the uh, on the uh, plaza level, which is the top level. There's three on the mezzanine level. Sorry, there's three on the foyer level. Um, there's what's, what have we got on the what have we got on the mezzanine level here? We've got air, Aussie CTI air systems, temper tires, USB hardware, Atlantic oils. Uh, GMT Tools, Australian Truck and Trailer Parts. There you go. More truck parts. Mm. Milker Wheel. Who are Milker Wheel? I've never heard of Milker Wheel. Who are they? Oh, I've got no idea, but maybe that's where we should head to find out. Yeah, well, next journey is sort of on the plaza level there. Yeah. I'm sorry, on the mezzanine level. And the drone way are sort of right beside them. You know, uh, What's his name? Uh, ben Stamatovic from yep. the drone way. Yeah, he's got some interesting stuff on. on he's his got Facebook some interesting page. stuff. Yeah. No, I'm Finn actually Lane. quite looking forward to it. A few evenings on the looking over the mm. Brisbane River. Mm. It'll be great. We might even broadcast yeah. a few nights up there. Why not? Hey, yeah, uh, I just found the Drake collectible stand. You know, it's just down from Next Journey and the drone way. Oh, you could lose some money there, couldn't you? Oh, tell you what, yeah, Air Tech. I'm having a little bit of a tour now. I'm not. I'm not going to need to go anywhere. I'll just be able to go to the bar and tell people where. You're right. I sort of thought that's what you intended to do anyway. No, no, no. I'm going to have a bit of a walk around, have a bit of a look. I've got to get there early. You and I have to be there early on Thursday morning. Mm, apparently, that's the case. Because there we have the uh, the media. You realise we're accredited media for this truck show. Do you know that? Geez, that's a bit thrilling, isn't it? It is a little bit thrilling. Accredited media. We'll have our own little tags and all that sort of stuff. We'll get to do the media tour. Yeah. A bit of a look around. It'll be like, be the, like the paparazzi. Be bit of, bit of, bit of, no, paparazzi. The paparazzi will be chasing us all. I'll be chasing Kendall. <laughs> have you ever been anywhere with him? Have you ever walked down the street with him? Yeah. No one it's knew impossible. him, though. They, yeah, because they flocked to him because you paid them to do that. <laughs> That was in New Zealand, so I could win a bet. It was only mm. once. Only once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but um, even still, I didn't. I, it was totally unnecessary. So yeah, you can't you can't go anywhere. No, I, it's actually um, last year or the year before, 
uh, I went there, and I'll, I'll be mm. honest, I never got an opportunity to travel around there too much. Um, mm. But this this year, I intend to be wandering around a lot more. Well, we're going to be having the opportunity to walk around and take the microphone around you. You're going to be bringing your your uh, your uh, sure microphone set up, aren't you? And trying to get some uh, what do they call it? Um, Vox pop. Vox pop. Yeah, no, that's what they call it. You go around, you stick a microphone in someone's face and you ask them a stupid question yeah. and then you laugh at them while they try and formulate a sensible answer because they know they're being recorded mm. and then you play it back and embarrass them later on. Right. I've got a few suitcases on. to take with a little bit of gear in it. Um, yep. Yeah, so I might just set myself up and uh, let you walk around and do everything or get pushed around in your wheelchair. <laughs> I just got a I just got a text message from someone that said, "I wonder if there's any height de- over height detect- truck detection equipment in the in the stands." There will be. There's probably there, there probably would be, wouldn't there? There'll be someone there that would be, be, be selling something. Surely, I can't believe you know. I was talking to Yogi about it the other day, and I'm probably going to give away a, a uh, an idea that we've got. But you probably you know how hard it is to go and buy yourself a height stick these days. Oh, I didn't think it'd be that big a problem, but. Go well, on. Well, you think you think about all the trucks that have got potential to be overheight, like this idiot in the Sydney Tunnel today with his load of scaffolding, for example. Yeah. Right? He's hit the tunnel and speared a heap of scaffolding off the back end of the car behind him. And I hope they're doing all right because the emergency services are on site there for ages and I stopped listening to the news a little while ago, so I don't know what's happened there. So someone, if they text in, they can tell us what's happened. But... You know, oh god, I've got two text messages like bing bing. That's like buddy going off <laughs> like a Christmas tree. Um, the, uh, you know, I cannot believe that there are people out there that uh, don't check their height. I mean, there are car carriers and stuff like that that can get high, loads of hay that can get high. Anything you can put on the on a flat top can be over height. Sometimes it's like mm. the sky is not the limit. It's somewhere no, it's less not. than the sky, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, used, so. I used to carry my own bit of gear I made up myself, though, to yeah. check heights. Um, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. pretty essential. I'm not so much worried about the authorities. I'm more worried about hitting bridges. Yeah. So, sorry if you know where you're going, you know where your bridge heights are, but... Well, look, without, without being too fine, someone's te- actually texted me the news story now. Mm. Traffic chaos amid major road road closure. Um, the, there are things if you're in an over oversized over mass vehicle. Um, you know, I mean, let's give it. Let's give me mate um, Tony um, Tony Fulton a plug. Mm. Tones Trucking Stories. They've got the uh, Truck Whiz Navigation that I I reviewed that on the podcast ages and ages and ages ago. Mm. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty good for picking the overheight routes. Yep. Um, and, and using that, look, it costs you a bit of money, but at the end of the day, I mean, all this stuff. If you're a, a truck operator, it's it's, uh, it's a tax deduction. It's a tool that you're using mm. to uh, to um, find your way around. I think and, it's pretty uh, expensive for them to come and escort you backwards before a tunnel, too. If you mm, so, yeah, well. You know, or well, the damage you might do to the equipment that you're carrying. Well, if you hit a bridge in Queensland, uh, and I know this because we did a little bit of uh, 
little bit of work with Queensland Rail and Queensland Rail are probably going to be doing some more work with us again. I know they're sponsoring us for one day at the show. Mm. Um, if if you if you uh, hit a bridge in Queensland, it can cost you twelve grand. Really, best best part of twelve grand. Yep. Is that just for engineers and that to go out and have a look? Well, I suppose I've got no idea. I suppose it's it's, it's to cover all that. But I mean, without I'm, I'm not speaking for Queensland Rail when I say any of this. This is just me, Mike talking, right? So, you know that uh, I think that was the number. It was over eleven and a half thousand dollars or something was the potential fine for hitting a bridge. Wow. And uh, if you if you you know know your truck and height, basically, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's crazy when I, you think people, you know, I mean, you'd have to look at it if you've got any common sense at all. And if you're driving down the road and you're telling them uh, like a tort liner or a van or something like that, the minimum height of those things is 4.1 metres. That's if you've got a low one. Mm. They're normally 4.3. So if you're in a 4.3 metre tall van or tort liner and the bridge height says 4.1, perhaps don't go under it. Well, I don't know. Call me crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to comment on some of this stuff these days, isn't it? You know. Oh. Um, I think they still put stickers on the side of the trailers, don't they? So you look in your mirror well, and tell you how you are. Yeah. Well, they've generally got them on the front corner. I mean, people say, "Oh, he did a changeover." How? Would he? Well, you're an idiot if you don't realise that your tort liner or your fridge van is at 4.3 metres tall. Mm. You are an idiot. Mm. And you probably shouldn't be driving a truck, yeah. let alone driving a car or down a van. You probably shouldn't be driving. Mm. I, I think a lot of this comes yeah. back to the training, though, doesn't it? You know, we've, well, been, we've been does. over this time and time again. But, mm. you know, we do have this um, lack of training in the industry where, yeah. you know, people just are put in a truck and away they go. Um, yeah. But we don't we don't have the capacity to train like we used to either. Like, yeah, but, um, we don't have the capacity to train because we choose not to. Well, that's it. But, you know, who do you put the person in with to train with these days? Well, uh, look, mate, there's a thousand places we can go with this discussion as far as yeah. who do you put people to. The reality of it is is that people don't want to pay for training to be done. And the reason why they don't want to be paid for training to be done is because they're not charging enough for the work that they're doing mm, this is right and so there's not enough skin on the there's not enough fat on the bone mm. for anyone to do the things that they should do and this is why they're more than happy to steal trained drivers from other companies mm. i've had this whole conversation before <laughs> mate we could go around and round and round and round nah, we don't want to do the that. same conversation we've been having for bloody 30 years we're going to a different you know? different topic here i think we should just looking at our app stuff here. Well, at the moment in um, Madagascar. Sorry? Madagascar. We've got a listener in Madagascar. A listener in Madagascar. So, hi in Madagascar. There you go. Same as we've on the podcast, mate. We've had this one listener in Belgium yeah. from virtually the start of the show. Yeah. One one listener in Belgium, and I've been trying to find out who this person is in Belgium. Right. To listen to the show, I've said it a couple of times on the podcast. Who is the list? Please email me. Tell me who you are. <laughs> Say hello. Yeah. Send me, you know, send me an anonymous message. Uh, you know, it's, it's just it, it intrigues me. 
It's interesting, isn't it, in the in the in the World Wide Web thing these days, and where people can listen. You know, if we were trying mm-hmm. this forty years ago, we'd be stuck to, you know, our local uh, FM station or something like that. But yep, we would be. Yeah, so it's, it's unbelievable when you think about it. You know, I, I mean, if I if I bring up on my my laptop here the the um, stats for the podcast and I can look at the insights yeah. and I can I can tell you now that in the last couple of days we've had a thousand and eighty eight listens on the podcast stream, right? Yeah. Nine hundred and fifty one of those are in Australia. Fifty from the UK, thirty one from New Zealand, sixteen from the US, twelve from Singapore, seven from Canada. It's amazing it breaks it down. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Um you can and you can just listen just in the last couple of days, and then if I if I look at the top cities, Sydney, Perth, Melbourne, Brisbane, then Westminster in the UK. Really, really. Yeah. And and then it goes down. There's New Zealand, Canberra, Adelaide, Auckland, Mackay, and here we go. Six listens in Arad, Romania. <laughs> <laughs> who who would have thunk that, eh? Right, eh? So next week. Yep. You've been working on a little project here to um bring a bit <laughs> of comedy in to the station. Oh, I have. So I've after the news every day and know, a few I'm other times through, I haven't even seen the schedule yet. And it's only because I don't read every email. What's yeah. what's the big news here, Mike? Chicken man. Chicken man. So what, what what we've done is I've gone ahead and I've I've leased uh, three programs. Mm. The first one, yeah, I know it's one less beer that we're going to buy. No, it's probably a little bit more than that actually. Nah. But I've leased I've leased three programs. So the first one of those is Chicken Man. Now. For those who don't remember Chicken Man, I'm sure once you hear the, if you're of an age, if you're over, I'd say if you're over 50, you'd have had to have heard um, some of it, and even younger, because it's one of those shows that just keeps going on and on. Chicken Man, he's everywhere, he's everywhere, he's everywhere. But it's got to be said with a certain amount of enthusiasm. I'm not <laughs> sure I can muster that at the moment. I'm not sure your ears can stand it, Craig. Mm-hmm. But um, Chicken Man, he's everywhere, he's everywhere, he's everywhere. Um, and we're going to start right back at episode one. So episode one of Chicken the, Man. Episode one of Chicken Man. We're going to play it three times a day. I'm thinking after the eight o'clock news, after the one o'clock news, and after the six p.m. news, we'll mm. play Chicken Man. Well, uh, yeah. I'll, then, I'll let you play with that the content there. Well, yeah, and then and then the other one we've we've managed to snag is a thing called the passing parade from Mr. John Doremus. Mm-hmm. Now this is a, a, uh, it's a slice of history. It's a snapshot in time. So John Doremus uh, wrote these scripts and he looks at various interesting people and places and events through history. And he tells the story, you know, in an entertaining way of, about, how these things came to pass. So think about things, for example, like uh, Emily Pankhurst, who was the lady behind the suffragette movement in in England, 
who got women the vote back in the early 1900s. Mm. So, you know, you'll hear that story about where she came from and how it happened and not all the gory detail, but a snapshot of it. And, you know, different events and lives and times in history. And it's called the Passing Parade for an obvious reason. It's a parade of people and events that pass through time. Yeah. And he's going to talk about that. So, you know, I saw that we had the opportunity to grab that one. So I thought... I used to listen to that back in the day. It was always interesting. It's timeless because it's it's history. These events aren't changed. And I think in a time like today where we're very fond of rewriting history, perhaps listening to someone like Mr. John DeRemus recite some of the events as they were originally taught um, isn't a bad idea. Just understand that history is just history. That's right. History is just history. Mm. And, you know, so I thought that. And then we've managed to pick up another show, which is the history of rock and roll. Mm. And uh, I think we're gonna, we haven't discussed it yet, really, for sure. But I'm thinking it's a Saturday afternoon show. Yeah. It's a, a couple of hours on a Saturday afternoon. It's recorded fresh in the US every week. And we will be getting it um, and playing it. And, um, yeah, a couple of hours show on a Saturday afternoon, right. the history of rock and roll. So, I mean, who doesn't want to hear about the history of rock and roll? Well, I do, particularly if it's yeah. from the 80s, 90s. <laughs> 80s, 80s, early 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, I think yeah. it's going to be a little bit more to it than that. I mean, it's the life and times of various artists and concerts and events and things like that. Different flavour to it all the time. Mm. And, you know, a different um, outlook, I suppose, on, you know, the events of, of history. So professionally produced show and, and uh, we're going to get that and play that every, I think, Saturday afternoon. Seems More good, likely to be a Saturday afternoon show than a Sunday afternoon show, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, Getting back to the uh, the Sunday morning shows with a bit of acoustic stuff, because I know you love it. Well, I can, you know, it's like everything else, mate. I mean, we've... I'm into, people know that I'm into all sorts of music. I'm not really a big fan of the acoustic stuff. I, I don't know, it's just me. I like to hear the songs the way they were originally recorded, you know. Yeah. Some actually me. were recorded like that, you know. Sorry? Some were actually recorded like that originally. Yeah, well, we could have that discussion. Let's have that Let's have that discussion at the safety meeting. Yeah, safety meeting. Make sure we you're might, wearing your high vis, dude. We might go to a tune here, which you won't know. Do you know well, any Morgan Evans? Who? That's what I thought. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm pretty busy looking at the VDAC site, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what, eh? I'm sure Paul yeah. will be at the at the truck show. Yeah, no, they're going to be there, mate. They're on the uh, mezzanine level, mm. hiding around, just hiding around from global trucking imports. Yeah. Down around near Spitwater and Hydro Steer and all those other guys around there, CMT Tools. Very good. Yeah, no, I'll be, won't be, won't be much of a stagger. I'll be able to get over there. That'll be right. Yeah, well worth going to see the guys at VDAC yeah. doing a great yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Right, mate, we'll go to a tune. Let's do it. Right, we'll, uh, we'll be back, guys. Thank you. Think about somebody, but that ain't gonna bring them back. Sometimes you gotta cry and miss somebody You have all felt like that If it's something that you gotta get over But you 
can't get over Sometimes you gotta kiss somebody In the back of the cab or on a subway train Sometimes you gotta kiss somebody On a midnight street in the summer rain You're wishing you were with somebody Cause you don't wanna go home when it's closing time If you wanna kiss somebody Baby, I got somebody in mind If you kiss like your heart ain't never been broke Kiss somebody like you. I wanna kiss somebody like you. Sometimes you try to fix somebody. back everyone i think mike's into a bit of rhubarb pie is it it's a rhubarb apple and custard mate rhubarb apple and custard and it's fairly yummy too right. it's fairly yummy rose made it this afternoon yeah well rhubarb and the apple and the custard yeah right. i'm having a great northern mm-hmm. hmm. why am i not amazed i don't know <laughs> Why am I not amazed? Could, could be on the honey whiskey soon. Never know. Oh, gee. Mm. It, uh, you, won't, you, won't, you won't be able to do that at the truck show, buddy. Why not? Why not? You'll get yourself in trouble. What, drinking honey whiskey or drinking yeah. apple? Uh, well. It has happened before. I'm sure it has. Mm. No, I'm just looking at the 
I'm just looking around the different stores. I'm amazed at how many different things are going to be there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really quite interesting. I haven't, haven't even looked at it. Yeah? <laughs> no, I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't believe that. No. As I said before, it's just... Um, look, I'm excited because I'm going to have a lot more of a look around this year than I have in previous yeah, years. Yeah. So. Well, I didn't get to go to the last one because I was in Western Australia when the last one was on. Avoiding the vaccine. I was avoiding the vaccine, yes. And, of course, I got caught up in that whole vaccine situation and uh, ended up coming back to the East Coast. But, you know, the, I didn't come over for the truck show because I was because we had all that COVID insanity going on and you didn't know, you know, when you got on an aeroplane, they might change the rules in mid-flight and they certainly did it a couple of times. Yeah, certainly did. So uh, I, I wasn't brave enough to to jump on a plane. And uh, so... Yeah. If you're reading this earlier, there's still 3,000 a week dying from COVID. Yeah, there probably still are 3,000 people dying a week from COVID, but I reckon there'd probably be more than that dying from heart disease or, um, you know, I, look, I, my views on COVID are well known and I don't want to foist my views on anyone else. I ended up having the vaccination twice mm. simply because I wanted to keep my house. Mm. So, I mean, that's the point that I got to. It was either you, you submit and have the buddy vaccination and have a job yeah, or, or you uh, sell your house. And, I, and to me, that was completely... Uh, unacceptable yeah you know and i oh i don't mind saying i literally cried i actually cried when they stuck the needle in my arm because i was so angry about it mm. and uh the nurse god save her i offered her 500 bucks to squirt it into the bin really and just yep. sign the certificate hey uh, and, and give me the certificate but she wouldn't do it really so you yeah, didn't offer enough it. money then didn't offer enough money um, mm. All I had on me was 500 in cash. Really? Now, I, I, Christ knows whether she thought I might have been someone that was going to dobber it. I know there were some nurses that did do that for people, mm. but th that, that's because they were suffering from ethical questions themselves about you know what uh, about whether it was the right thing to do to, to tell people that they should have the vax or not have the vax or whatever. Look, we've all got different points of view about it, and there are people that I know personally, friends of mine, who were all for it, reckon it was the best thing since sliced bread, and, and they lined up and they got it. And as far as I'm concerned, that was their choice. Mm. They were allowed to do that. It's a free country. I've got to and say, you know, since having it, having the vaccine... Sorry? Since having the vaccine, yep. I actually feel older. Yeah. So, like, two years on, yeah, yeah. it's definitely aged me. Yeah, well, I don't know whether it was the vaccine or what it was, but, you know, as I said, I had a buddy thing twice because I had to have it twice. I'm not having any more. Mm -hmm. It annoys me and frustrates me that they keep trying to push this thing down our throats. Mm -hmm. It's like everything It's like everything else we get jammed down our throats these days. You're not allowed to disagree. Mm -hmm. and, you know, please, if, anyone's, yep. if anyone wants to tell me I'm wrong... Yeah, you don't want to be too wrong. outspoken about too much, do you? Yeah, well, you're, per you're perfectly welcome to come on and tell me I'm wrong. Call me an idiot to me face. Hey, you know, um, if you want to. When was the last I, time you drove up here through um, through Ballina? Would have been a fair while, eh? It's uh, last year. 
Oh, through town itself or just up No, the, no, up not the through highway. town, mate. I've driven through town for ages. So, the, you know the big prawn? I do know the big prawn. It's had a revamp. Has it really? She's had a bit of scaffold around it for a while. Right, eh? I'm just looking at a picture of it here with the, with the moon in the background, I believe. It's looking, right, eh? looking pretty good. Yeah. Nice segue getting me away from the COVID thing. Was I getting a bit too close to the bone, was I, mate? Oh, just... <laughs> Let's talk about the prawn. They say you've got okay. to change it up a bit, eh? But change it up. No, well, it's been, I've been up to Bunnings there a few times and passing through yeah. and noticed she's all yep. had the scaffolding and there's a bit of an attraction for the area. So it's good, the good to see. Yeah. We love, we, well, speaking of big things, we love doing big things in Australia, don't we? The big orange, the big prawn, the big banana, the bloody was big pineapple. The, was it the mango that someone went and picked it up one night and took it somewhere else? Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. That was up at Bowen, somewhere up there. Yeah, the big ma- big mango at Bowen. There was a bloody great big crayfish um, on a pole out near uh, Kingston SE in South Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've got we love to put things on poles. There's bloody cars on poles. There's a there's a Mack truck on poles at Forbes or Parks rather. Yeah, Parks, there's a few Forbes. Utes on poles out there somewhere too. Yeah, there's a bloody there's a bloody Ute on a pole at Denelequin. Yeah. Um, there's also the also the Utes on poles and standing on their ends and all that sort of stuff out at Condoblin. Mm. Yeah. Um, we do love to do weird things with stuff on poles. I wonder what the weirdest thing. Text me what the weirdest thing. Hey, few few pictures of the the weird ones would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh four nine one eight two five six double three if you want to call in. Yeah. Or oh four nine one eight two five six double three if you want to send us a text message. Yeah. And tell us what the weirdest thing. Funny that same number, isn't yeah. it? It is the same number. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know, but I mean there's plenty of weird stuff about, isn't there? We do do weird things well. Yeah. Uh, I saw a uh, what's an H G Ute on a pole. With a flame job mm. over in Western Australia somewhere, I can't think of where that was. It's all, it's at a roadhouse. Yeah, in Western Australia, I can't think of where that was. If Yogi was here, he'd probably be able to tell me. Yeah. There's probably someone listening in Western Australia screaming at their radio, going yeah. where it is. Yeah, I the, can't remember. The big merino there in in Goulburn. One, big merino. One of my daughters was once telling me she wanted to go to the big the big rhino. Yeah, the big and rhino. it had me yeah. buggered where this big rhino was, but it, <laughs> yeah, it was the Reno, big merino. Big merino. Yeah. You know, the, the big merino's got some big nuts on the back. You know, that that's how he... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that still... Has it still got them? I thought they would have neutered it by now. You would have thought, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, it'd have to be them or... What is it? What do you... Call? Yeah. Jeez, shit. Let's not start that one. <laughs> It's just that, a mar- it's just a marina. Yeah, they didn't start it. They didn't start it uh, in that spot either. It's, it was trucked there on the back of a Mack yeah. truck and a float from somewhere else. Yeah, she's a bit further down the road there for a long got, time. Got, yeah, got shifted. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the old site. They must have uh, bulldozed it. At least they saved yeah. it. That was nice. Yeah, well, they used to you used to drive through the middle of Goulburn at one stage, and now you just go round. Go round. Yeah. That's right. Go around Goulburn. Go around a lot of them, really. That's right. That's right. Hang on. Someone's texted me. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The big oyster at Taree. Is, 
That's actually still there, isn't it? It's in, in a car dealership. Yeah, I think it is. You're right. I think it might be. It could be wrong. It's been a while it could since be wrong. I've been through there. Um, the big oyster tarry. Of course, there was the rock that burned down. That was the old Leyland Brothers thing yeah. that they started. That's it, then break, and that burned down not long ago, a few years ago yeah. now, I suppose. But yeah. Still a servo there. It is still a servo, that's right. Yep. Yep. No. Yeah. It's um, plenty of room there to pull up. Yeah. Because there's no rock there anymore. No, there's no rock there anymore. Yeah. But, yeah. um,. Hey, I'm still floating around the uh, the truck show. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yeah, Hyundai are going to have a truck there. Hyundai. Yeah, Hyundai Motor Company. Yeah, right. They've got a they've got a stand there. Looks like they're going to have a truck. A, a big truck or just a? I don't know. I'd expect it would be a big truck. Mm. Not much point putting something else there, would there? Well, well, there's a difference between a little truck and a big truck. Yeah, well, it says truck engine manufacturers and distributors. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Photon Mobility, you've got to stand there. Janus Electric. Janus. I, I believe Cummins are having a bit of a yeah. bit of an announcement there too, no, aren't they? Sorry, mate, I'm just fixated on the truck show. I can't wait for it. Yeah, you you uh, would. I, I'm really I'm really excited. I'm going to get out of the house, mate. In a get wheelchair. Eh? In a wheelchair. We'll be excited to see you there. Will you? Yeah, yep. Um, most no, no. most yeah. definitely, most definitely. So, what are your stories from news dot com? Oh, well, you're desperate. Are you that desperate now? You want to go to news dot com? No, it's just a good start to um, for a bit of comedy, really, <laughs> oh. isn't it? Well, obviously, the world's watching the lavish possession oh. of King Charles's coronation. Um, so there are like there's what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen of the first stories on news.com are about the coronation or some aspect of it mm-hmm. prince andrew was brutally booed let's see why they brutally booed prince andrew Jeez, do you really need to say <laughs> right at the coronation hours ahead of the rest of his family because he probably wanted to make sure he got a seat mm. Uh, he was being booed as he was driven down the hall, down the mall. He's the eighth in line to the throne, uh, but he's not a working royal, as we know. He's uh, he's had a few uh, little run-ins. His ex-wife uh, Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, won't be there, but their daughters, Princess Beatrice and Princess Eugenie, will attend. They are the ninth and the eleventh in line to the throne, so I don't think that they're going to get a place somehow Jeez. or another. Well, depends, um, you know. They're all sitting around for dinner one night, and there's some kind of mishap. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. well, if you're watching Game, of, if you're watching Game of Thrones, that could easily happen, couldn't mm. it? Um, yep. He's, he's been relegated to the royal naughty corner, apparently. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And it took him till today shooting. to work that out. <laughs> uh, and uh, apparently, according to the British tabloids, Andrew is using the opportunity to rehabilitate his image in the hope of launching a comeback. I can't see that ever happening, Andrew. A comeback. You can, you know, a bit of a comeback. Oh, uh, there's some things you don't come back from. Yeah, don't, no, there are things that you don't come back from. Or, or there's, you should just stay away. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Apparently, so, uh, apparently Princess Anne has had a bit of a crack at, at uh, Camilla. 
Mm. Uh, because she doesn't think that she should be called the Queen. Uh, I'm sure Princess Anne would, uh, anyone who knows anything about any of the royals know Princess Anne has been around like forever. Mm. So, and, uh, but they, they had dinner and they, there was a tense exchange over the title. Were you interested in that bit of dirt, are we? No. No. Okay, fine. No. Well, I'll close that story. Let's keep looking. You go past your first 13, I think. and um, Go past the first 13. Go to somewhere else. Uh, an old farmer's made a bold move for love. There you go. Really? That's interesting. I was reading here a little bit earlier about um, March was the biggest month mm -hmm. for for the export of wheat in Australia ever. Is that right? Yeah. Where it's... did you get that pearl of information from? Oh, from the Primex sort of area. Grain, no, no. grain Central, you know. Oh, no. Well, you, you're fairly involved in the cartage of grain, aren't you? Oh, we put it in trucks and we tip it out again. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. You're involved in the cartage of grain. Yeah. Um, I'm actually surprised that March would have been the biggest month ever. Right? Really? Um, Why? Oh, it just didn't seem like that. But anyway, what they, did... they um, oh, don't get me wrong. It's it's been busy, but hmm. I, I would have thought there was busier months than March for exports. But maybe that was out of different ports in in Australia. Apparently, there's more than one. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it's interesting and. Yeah, looking at the figures, it looks like it's going to ramp up even more. Yeah, yeah. So we might be busy, busy bees up here. You might well be. Yeah. Oh, look out, look out. I found, mate, people better sit down. I've opened this story. We're going to have to have a look at this one. Oh, no. Right, no, 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 no. It's, 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 really, it's really quite devastating news for the uh, people of Sydney, mate. Those uh, those people that are into the late night food in Sydney, there's been a restaurant which has quietly closed its doors. Popular eatery known for feeding the late night crowds. It's been going for about 10 years. And it's blamed the wildly increasing cost. Mr Crackles in Oxford Street uh, came into business, in, or started business in 2013. And they became a, a, a cult destination, an Aussie food outlet owned by old mate Sam Horowitz and Carlos Justo, whoever the hell they are. Yeah. And they shut the doors after failing to bounce back from COVID-19. So therefore, COVID-19 claimed another one. <gasps> Let's not go there. Well, we were talking earlier about these big, um, you know, big sheep and you had to mention the testicles. Mm. So... I just got a text message here about the the bull in Rockhampton. Yeah, the bull, the bull about, in Rockhampton. Yeah. About the issue with repeated theft of the bull's testicles. That's right. <laughs> it became a bit of a thing. If you're a Rocky boy, yeah. um, and I worked up in Rockhampton for a little while, um, if you're a Rocky boy, uh, it became a thing to go out to the roundabout to the bull and either climb up and, and get a picture taken sitting on the bull or to do something weird with the bull's testicles. Right. Well, here's, here's a comment on this. It says, Righto. the local council even employs someone 
who makes yes. replacement concrete bull balls. Although <laughs> demand is believed to have declined since steel rods were inserted into the testicles to make castration more difficult. That's right. Wow. That's right. Nothing like sticking a couple of steel so, rods through your nuts. To... I don't know what's worse, stealing some testicles or uh, stealing a mango. <laughs> uh, oh, you just you couldn't make it up. Well, but here's, here's the best one. This is this is, you're going to have to go hard to, to beat this one, mate. Yeah. Koshy, David Kosh, right? As you know, we all know Koshy. Yeah. He, he, he flipped off Natalie Barr on Sunrise after she insulted him, right? Yeah. So, so Koshy's flipped to the bird. <laughs> oh dear, dear, I wonder if he's in trouble for that. Uh, that can ruin your career, can't it, in TV? Well, I don't know about that. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Sometimes it makes it better, sometimes it makes it worse. But, I love the way they're reporting it, though. Yeah. Appeared beyond, he, 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 Koshy appeared beyond, beyond shock at the savage comparison someone called him that uh, he was cheek, uh, telling Peaky Blinders David Beckham character in the with the cap he was wearing, and Ali Barth thought he looked like more like an eccentric TV color character. Mm. So she flipped in the so he flipped to the bird and told and told him to get out before putting up his rude finger. He's upset, visibly upset. Matt Shervington said, uh, oh. Bar awkwardly laughed off Koshy's gesture. Uh, you know, there's zero, nothing worse zero. than being visibly upset. No. Like, no. I don't, have you ever been visibly upset? Uh, I don't know, probably. Yeah. Yeah. People looked at me and thought, geez, he's pissed off, I'll stay away from him. Visibly upset, isn't it? I think so. I think so. Mm. Yeah, anyway, yeah. have you ever stolen a bull's testicles? No, I never ever stole a bull's testicles. Then there's not even a photo of me getting around doing anything weird with the bull's testicles from Rockhampton. Uh, I know. And the claims from all these initiations through different universities and that. I used to see a few funny things around Wagga. Mm. When I, I started work at the um, Research Institute in Wagga, the Department of Yeah. Ag, yep. And it was right next to the university workshops there. And apparently years ago they used to drag the the people in there and um, hold a, a hot brand close to people's ass. Mm. So they never branded them. They just held it that close that, you know. Did, they hit, them, did felt... they hit them with ice then? No, no, they didn't hit them. That, well, that was a plan. They didn't hit them. But, yeah, but what I mean to say is that if you, if you go to Rife Scene or done where you oh, hit someone yeah, with yeah. a hot brand yeah. and instead of doing that, they put an ice cube on them. Yeah, well, apparently one bloke freaked out a bit and actually backed into it and actually got oh. branded. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. That'd That's be bad. fun. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Trying to, imagine trying to explain that one to the headmaster. Oh, well, I, I think there was a fair kerfuffle over that many, many yeah. years ago. So, I, yeah. I don't know why there wouldn't be. Well, it'd be no good if you were the one that backed into it. No, no, no. Why would you back in? Why would you back in? A lot of thought your ass had been busy going the other way, trying to get away from it. Well, I suppose everyone has different yeah. reactions, don't they? Mm, I suppose. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It just seems a bit weird to me. Yeah. Well, now, now, as long mate, as no one sends a picture of that, we'll be right, eh? As long as no one sends a picture of that. Now, IKEA. Have you ever been to IKEA? 
Ah, no. I've had enough yeah, experience with flat pack furniture not to go there. Have you? Yeah. Like there are Ikea shops all over the place, right? Yeah. And you can, you go around and, I mean, you so say you've never, ever, ever been to Ikea. No. Right, eh? I don't, I don't, like, going... I don't like traffic lights, so. No. Well, the story with Ikea is, and for those of you who have been there, I'm sorry for the explanation, but you go through Ikea and you've got a, like one-way traffic around Ikea all over the place. You've just basically got to follow your way around. And there aren't very many shortcuts for you to, to miss out. So the idea of it is, is that you walk into an Ikea on one end and you, by the time you get out the other end, you're completely dehydrated and starved. Mm-hmm. And you've seen everything that they sell, right? And you can sort of go in there and basically see what they've got. And when you go out the other end, you can you, know, you make notes of where everything is and you go and get the flat packs out of the racks and all that sort of stuff and you you line up down at the queues and everything else. So someone in their infinite wisdom has written a story here about the nine feral things that people do in Ikea. Mm-hmm. Nine feral things. So what do you reckon would be the number one most feral thing people do in Ikea? You can't even begin to guess, can you? I can. Can do, you? Do they have toilets? Yeah. At, at the end yeah. of every aisle? Yeah, no, they do have toilets. And All stuff. right, well, we won't go to that one then. So we'll, we'll, we'll back out of that one. They reckon the, the worst, the first worst thing you can do is bring your whole family, apparently. Yeah. You shouldn't bring your whole family or it's a furniture store, not a theme park, they say. Why do people decide to travel in Group 6? Why would anyone get bent out of shape about a group of people walking around Ikea, for God's sake? Who cares? I don't know. That's number one. That's number one. That's the thing that annoys people the most when you bring your whole family to Ikea because you clog up the walkways, it creates chaos, the kids are bored, they start screaming, one parent sneaks away. Um, you know, it's just a mess. And also, for you slow walkers out there, you need to walk with purpose. Is that number two? No, no, that's number one. We're still really? bitching about number one. Right. You know what? The next thing that manages to annoy people, apparently, mm. is if you walk the wrong way. <laughs> Do you okay. know, if we, if we stay on this topic, we're just going to promote people to walk the wrong way through <laughs> IKEA. Because I, I, I know now if I ever so. have to have the pleasure of going there, I'm going to walk people, the wrong way. I sincerely hope people do go to Ikea and walk the wrong way just to annoy people. Yeah. Apparently, apparently the only way to survive in Ikea is to follow the lines as you walk through the store and yeah. treat it like a tunnel with no U-turn. Right. right. Have they actually uh, done a proper traffic management plan, though? Well, they do. There's bloody arrows on the floor to show you which way to go and everything. Right. Do you get you a trolley? You, you, a, a trolley? Do you get a trolley or not? No, no, no. You grab a pencil and a piece of paper, right, and you walk around the thing and you look at the, look for the stuff you want. Mm. So, you know, you'll go through and they've got little displays set up of rooms about... See, so this is all lost on you because you've never been in there. I've obviously been into an Ikea store mm. and uh, been lost. 
I mean, I've got to tell you, I don't care if people walk the wrong way. That doesn't annoy me. And I couldn't care less. Walk whichever way you like. Tell you, what if you're trying to compare something, you can't walk back and have a look? Or... Well, exactly. Why, why wouldn't you be able to walk back a little bit? Yeah. Uh, you say so someone's saying, oh, you can't suddenly turn back if you need to test the drawers. It's too late. Just go and you go buy it. Or just it's, don't. Or... Go on. Yeah, you can't treat it like a restaurant, apparently. This is number three. You happen to stop for a bite of eat, bite to eat, and there's no one there. Right. And you can't act like you're a master chef. So just to get yeah. this straight, yeah. IKEA is a place that you go to buy stuff. That's right. Where you go to spend your money with them. That's right. Right. Yeah. But now someone's having a whinge about the restaurant. So there's a little restaurant at IKEA. You can go there and you can buy a soft drink and your Swedish meatballs and all that sort of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the family of six people are going there and they're getting hungry. They sit down and they eat. Um, and this this person, this serial whinger, I'm going to go back now and find out who wrote this crap because <laughs> you're a whoever wrote this is a serial whinger. Mary Madigan, why am I not amazed? Mary mm. Madigan, you are a serial whinger. Well, right so the next thing there's quite a few of them water, about. Hey? There's a few of them about. Next thing that's pissing her off is people that measure things with their hands. Well, that is a unit of measurement. It is a unit. Why of would measurement. she rather than take their shoes off? Because <laughs> then you could measure in feet, couldn't you? Oh, she'd have a screaming shit pit. She'd be going quick about toe jam then. Oh. Hey, look, oh no, no, we've got the pièce de résistance now. I'm going to say that with a French accent. Pièce de résistance. Mm-hmm. Gabriel Gatay is hearing me so he can mark me out of 10. Pièce de résistance. You fight with your partner too quietly. This is the fifth thing. Too, we all too know quietly? You fight. Yeah, you fight with your partner too quietly. So she wants a floor show, right? Mm. We all know you're fighting. Your stance has changed and you're glaring at each other. So please raise your voices a little. If we have to be exposed to how awkward this is, at least we demand to have the gossip. Right. <laughs> An extra points if someone gets called a dog. This is news. Really? I'm I'm quoting. I am. Uh, chances are I'm never going to go to IKEA then. Chances are. I've never rushed to go back. She's going to talk about people buying in bulk for no reason. No reason according to who? I can't stand anymore. So this if you want what's crap. bulk though, is like that three cupboards or three coffee tables or Christ knows. I mean, has she, ever, has she ever been into Costco? Does she want to see people buying in bulk? Go to Costco. Oh. That's another yeah. That's another shit show. Have you ever been to Costco? No. Oh, man. You've got to pay to be a member to go to Costco. Oh, fair enough. No, no. They charge, I think they charge you 60 bucks, and there's some, several tiers and stuff. I mean, you can, get a, you can get a really good discount on your fuel and stuff. Yeah, oh. I'm going to wrap this story up now. Mary Madigan, you're a serial whinger. Do you have a yeah. membership for Costco? So I have a ticket. No, I personally don't have one. I know that Rose does. I don't have one. Right. So you've never but been there to, either? Or? Oh, no, I've been to Costco. Yeah, right. Costco's all right. You go to Costco and you can buy a box of chips that you won't fit in the back of your ute. Really? Really, mate. You can just go there and you can buy stuff in bulk to suit your heart's content. Yeah. Huh? Right. Would you, would you like to know about this Mary Madigan piece of work? 
I don't know. I think she's um, may bring some anger into the conversation. Well, I, I, I'm not going to comment on her looks because I'd be in trouble for that, but she began her career working for ex-Vogue editor and chief Christy, Kirsty Clements and has since done everything from PR to tutoring at the University of Notre Dame. She's even had a brief stint of the world's most, as, as, as the world's worst personal assistant. I can believe that. Mary's most passionate about pop culture, fashion, and whatever is making women mad. Dear Lord, save us from this woman. Right. Mary Madigan, you're a complete idiot. So she's trying to work out what makes women mad. Yep. Okay. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that'll be most blokes. Most blokes make women mad. I know that. Sometimes I said, I said easily. once, I said once to my ex-wife, "What am I doing that makes you mad?" She said, "Breathing." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that while you're still married, or when you got? Divorced? Yeah, no, that was that was while we were still married. Right. Normally, normally you wait for a divorce for that one yeah. to happen. What am I doing that's making you mad, sir? You're yeah. breathing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well. well. Oh. So that's that's your news from news.com. Oh no, there's shitloads more, mate. We oh. can go forever. There's 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 lots of news here on news.com that's not news. I've had enough of it, Dave. Yeah. There's only there's only one sex story on it tonight, which is quite disturbing. Is, Are you, is that about Prince Andrew? <laughs> All right, two sex stories then. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's not even a sex story. Some Sheila's getting in trouble for a wedding dress. Oh, um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, she had too much skin, apparently. Yeah, right. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. I skimmed over it before. Oh, here we go. Inappropriate naked wedding dress blasted. So she's an Aussie bride, and critics have lashed out at her. She's in her thirty. She's a thirty-three-year-old. She wore a long-sleeved gown, a gown, and all this sort of thing. She's an. In, she's apparently she's an influencer and. And all that sort of. She's a model, actress, and influencer, and she had a, a two-day wedding, a lavish two-day wedding in March. Mm-hmm. She's thirty-three. She is. Whew, you could cook eggs on her body. She is hot, 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 hot. All right. And someone reckoned that she's shown too much skin in her wedding dress. I'm thinking, you jealous bitch. That's what I'm thinking. What else could what it possibly the, be? The headline had naked. But she had a Maybe. dress on. Yeah. Right. She was blasted for inverted commas, naked wedding dress. There's nothing naked about it. It's, 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 I'll tell you what, there's not a lot of it. I'll give her that. Uh, there is not a lot of it. But um, you can't see anything. In fact, in fact, I actually think, I don't know about you, but I actually think that makes it more sexy that you can't actually see anything. Well, I think if she got married and she wanted to wear what she wanted to wear. Well, I mean... Who, actually, who actually commented? I think the story should be uh, on the person well, that commented. Um, someone, someone on, this is all on, on social media. Her mm. reaction to it all is absolutely on point and priceless though, right? I quote, FFS, <laughs> like... <laughs> We can say, because I'm not allowed to say those words. I've been told off for that already. Mm -hmm. FFS, lighten up, girl. It's a dress at a wedding of someone you don't know, right? (laughs) If you don't like it, change the channel, 
Simple as that. Mm. Fight down. Just, <laughs> just keep scrolling, eight. eh? Just keep, just keep scrolling. scrolling. 1.2 million followers she's got uh, on social media, this woman. The one who whinged about it. I've got no, yeah, the one, no, 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 the, the one that was being whinged at. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I was seriously, 33, 33 years old, she's a very, very, very attractive lady. I just, I, you, would, you would look twice at her walking down the street. I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. Mm, I think you will. Yeah, you would look twice at her walking down the street, and um, her husband doesn't look too terribly concerned about it. In fact, he looks pretty excited by the whole concept, actually. Oh well, they get married. You'd uh, have to be excited. Well, but they've been they've been they've been partners forever, apparently. Yeah. You know, so I mean, do you reckon we'll ever get to done. the point again? Do you reckon there'll be a shift again where, you know, we actually won't care what other people do? Oh, I doubt it. You know, is it going to get better or get worse? I don't know. I don't care what people do now. Yeah. Mate, for me, I don't care what you do as long as it does. As long as what you do doesn't in any way affect what I do in my life. I don't care. Mm. And I don't think anything that I do that doesn't affect you, you should care about either. Mm. So it's a very libertarian point of view, I know, but, yeah. you know, there you go. What do they say? Your, your opinion of me is none of my business? That's right. Yeah. It isn't. Yeah. I mean, why would you... Why would, I mean, obviously people spend... Look, I'm like anybody. Well, I'm no, like, you're not. No, you're not. Oh, oh well... <laughs> <laughs> Good claim, but no. But I, but I do like to be liked. Everyone yeah. likes to be liked. Yeah. Right? But at the end of the day, do I care if people don't like me, individuals? No, I don't. Do no. I, you know, I, I'm out there with my points of view. Sometimes I'm a little conservative. Sometimes I'm a little left wing, even. Really? Do I care? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes I'm sometimes I'm as far to the right as you can get further to the right than Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Other other times, you know, I could be almost a greenie on some issues. You know, this is what none of us... There's a guy I talked to in the UK. His name was Nick Margerison. He used to be old school radio. Nick and I have had a... Had a uh, uh, I don't know. A, a, we're, we're pen friends almost, I suppose you would say. Mm-hmm. We first encountered each other oh, ages ago on uh, on social media when i first started to become aware of digital radio and things like that a bloke named john gaunt who used to work for sky in in the uk got fired for some things that he said and john went and started a, a digital radio station all on his own and nick was his producer so you know you know he did basically what you do now so Nick, but, but Nick's worked all over the place. He was working on air as an announcer the day the Twin Towers were supposedly hit by the aeroplanes. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been involved in, in old school media and now he's a, a media, uh, you know, produces podcasts and does sound editing and stuff like that. So, and he, you know, he plays in a band. Um, he's, he, you know, he, he listens to a bit about out there stuff. And... He believes in this idea, I don't know whether he believes it or not, but he professes this idea of discordianism, you know, all hail heiress and all that sort of stuff, where where people, you know, you can't agree with everyone about everything. 
Mm. But it's you know it's a pragmatic view of the world. So you know you just simply cannot agree with everyone about everything, and we can't be just labelling people left, right, or centre, or or whatever. We've all got a little bit of it in us. Yeah. Like for me, for example, where I'm a lefty is I believe that you know no one should be left to starve in the street. Right. Well, that's where it bugs me with this coronation. You know, there's people. Homeless, there's people starving, yeah. but you know they can spend millions and millions of dollars. You know, yeah. but I'll, I'll tell you something in the, in our local area here, which which sort of came to my attention today, which I I yeah. just can't understand society anymore. Yep. Yeah. We, we had a bloke here. His push bike got stolen from the club. He's gone down for a beer, and his push bike got stolen. They yeah. found it. It was in in the area they'd set up for uh, these pods with uh for flood affected families yep so the bloke that stole it was living in these pods he's mm-hmm. from tamworth right so how do you get to live here in a pod for people that lost their homes and you come from tamworth no idea no one to police no one to police yep and he's living in these pods and was on their last warning Right. How do we, how do we get to this? Who manages these things, and wh- where's society at? What? Well, when, when you can't, when when you've got people that are sort of coming from somewhere else, somewhere and, else, and, so, somewhere from like nowhere. Tamworth didn't have a flood when we had floods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. someone from Tamworth living in a pod. Right. That's been set up for flood victims. Well, how did you get to be living there? Did you just squat? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> this is the thing. I don't get it. to police. I mean, how many times How many times we see someone do something stupid on the news, you know? Every oh, single he, day. No, well, he was known to police. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. Well, if he was known to police, why isn't he locked up? <laughs> well, that's a message, message here. A bit of a shout-out to Hilly. Yeah. He's, uh, day, he's supposed, supposed to send me a, a, a song request, but I'm still waiting for it, mate. Yeah, yep. But, um, yeah, Hilly's into transporting a few nuts about. Right, eh? The old Maccas. Right, eh? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so this one came with a shock today, listening about, you know, things that a taxpayer spend money on to help out people that are victims of floods and whatever. And yep, yep. Next thing, that, oh, and, and... And he's a drug dealer. Ah. Right? So, you obviously not a very good one. <laughs> known to police. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not a very good drug dealer if he's living in a pod. <laughs> well, I he mean, knows the where drug, to go. The drug, dealers down at, the drug dealers down in Sydney are driving flashy sports cars and living in bloody apartments and, you know, doing that sort of stuff. So he's obviously not a very good drug dealer. No. Anyway. No. I don't know. Well, I mean, we, we look at their society. I mean, do we want to have a discussion about society? For God's sake, someone ring in and save the tech guy from my politics. From I your mean, politics? Eh? From your politics? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, maybe it may be our politics aligned. Mm. I mean, I, I, I struggle. I really, really do struggle with some of the things that we see. I mean, we can spend billions of dollars on, on absolute rubbish. 
but we can't look after people in nursing homes. Amazing, isn't it? You know, we can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars housing the worst of the worst at the Supermax in Goulburn, right? Yeah. They get all the health care and great food and all that sort of stuff that we can give them. People like Ivan Malat, <laughs> right, getting, you know, to see, to see specialist cancer patients, doctors and, you know, the very best of, of medical care. Mm. The man was a murderer, right? He yeah. was one of the worst of the worst, and yet he's getting the best we can give. And yet you've got people out there that are living in nursing homes on saveloys and mashed potatoes. Mm. Yep. How can that be right? Don't know. Don't know. And God well, help so, me if you if you uh, don't tick a box in your logbook. Oh, <laughs> you know. I mean, my retirement plan. If, you know, if I outlive Rose, I probably won't because you know I probably won't. Well, because she'll but, probably kill you. Well, I don't know about that, but you know, I can honestly say to you that there must be some people out there thinking, you know. Maybe I should go and commit a crime so I can get locked up, so I can get some proper care. Mm. Because it's the only way it's going to happen. Well, yeah. You know? We had, maybe we had maybe we're in for a big big shift here, eh? Who knows? Well, you'd like to think so. I mean, we, we, we had several nursing homes here only a few weeks ago in Sydney close mm. because uh, the, the church group that was doing them couldn't afford to pay the staff and they've got yeah. all these restrictions on staff and all that now now look i know there's a whole heap of conversations we can have about old people in nursing homes there's different philosophies you know people with well, there are cultures in the world where the old people live at home with the families and the families take care of the old people and in a in an, in an ordinary world that would be a wonderful way for it to be i absolutely support and applaud the idea but sometimes that's not possible for a variety of reasons. And we live in a culture that allows old people to be put in nursing homes. God save us. You Very know? sad, isn't it? Uh, well, we're going to have to go to a break, eh? Cause, okay. Cause let's I need, go, let's go I need a beer. I'm, I'm starting to have a heat and you need a beer. <laughs> It's not a great conversation to have, is it? It's very, very deep and meaningful. Yeah. How the hell do we ever get here? I don't know, mate, but we'll have a change here and we'll have... Hilly's made a request. <laughs> Billy? Hilly's made a request. So. I'm going to pull it into a parking bay. I'm going to slot it into a buddy park for a moment and get out and walk around and kick the tyres. Right, So a bit of Brian yeah. Adams, eh? Summer of 69. So this one's for summer. you, Hilly. We'll, uh, we'll be back shortly. The 69 of summer.
Welcome back, everybody. How was that, Hilly? Do you enjoy that song? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I had to suffer through it. Oh, come uh, on. Well, I can't be happy about You must game, like, yeah. dislike so much more music than you like. You reckon? Oh, you're critical of everybody's taste in music. Oh, no, no, I'm not critical of anyone's taste in music. There are particular artists and particular songs <laughs> that I just don't care for. I mean, which there is, are songs... Which is most of them. Well, I don't know about that. It's most of the crap that you and Yogi pick. Oh, see? That hurts, mate. That hurts. Does it? Does oh. it? And here's someone that plays Deep Purple at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's right. That was a mistake. Mm. I apologise, yeah, right? Yeah. Anyway. Right. So, uh, I've got a question for you, Cobra. Yeah. Why do ducks have feathers? Because they can. They cover their quacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Is this from the list that the dad jokes you sent to Yogi, or oh, look, it probably it probably could be. Yeah, it's uh, just it's just it's just rubbish, isn't it? I mean, oh. uh, dear. it's it's not good. Some of them, I don't even uh, know where they come from. But no, I don't know where they come from. Yeah, is why that the, is that the only why? one you you can't? No, no, I've got hundreds of them, mate. Oh shit, hundreds of them, hundreds of them. Really? Talking about talking about. Uh, fans of music, for example, right? Mm. Two windmills standing on a windfield. Uh, two windmills. Two windmills standing in a wind farm. Mm. One, one asks the other one, what's your favourite kind of music? And? Yeah. The other one says, you're a big metal fan. <laughs> oh, dearie oh, me. Dearie. Some of these you've uh, got to stay right away from, you know. What do you call a pampered cow? What do you get from a pampered cow, rather? Pampered cow. Yeah, what do you get from a pampered cow? Dunno, go on. Spoilt milk. Right. That's bad, isn't it? Yeah. I, I need I need to go on to something a little bit more serious. That's hundred and one good clean jokes. Really? I thought no, I thought I'd I thought I'd you know, do something to change it up. Mm. Because we are getting a little bit deep and meaningful with, with things and we yeah. don't want to do that too much. I mean Christ it's Saturday night. Mm. Who can, who can afford to be uh, who can afford to be that crazy? So I just went in my browser history, right? <laughs> Which no uh, one should look at. <laughs> oh no! Now, well, I'll leave, I'll read you the I'll read you the top. Well, funny jokes is, is one on the on the top of the browser history now, right? Mm. Underneath it's the Brisbane Truck Show. Yeah. Underneath that's the stupidest thing on social media this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, another one's voice recording software underneath that. Uh, Kenworth Down Under magazine is under that. And then I was looking for a, uh, a, a driver for my printer, trying to get my bloody printer to work. Is underneath that. So that I mean, it's it's lots of tame stuff there. Mm. The, the Pornhub dot, dot com search is down underneath oh, I was that somewhere. Say, I, I don't, you don't delete it as you go. No, no. <laughs> is that what you do? You really do? Would you, would you really do that? <laughs> professional. Professional. Well, I'm a professional. All I've got to know, all I know, is this, mate. If you if you Google grandfather clock, don't leave out the L. That's all I can say. <laughs> to you. Oh dearie, mate. Do you know me, me and Blondie went on a 
on a comedy cruise. Right. And I was expecting, and you know, they say you should never assume. Of course. Never so assume. When went on this um, comedy cruise, yeah. and there were kids everywhere. Yeah. What's going on here? Why are, they, yeah. why are people bringing these kids on the show? So you imagine most comedy shows, and the comedies are like a, you know, certainly not G-rated. No, a um, little bit. So going to these shows in the middle of the day with, mm. you know, like eight-year-olds. Yeah. And it was far from funny. So yeah. we had to wait till midnight mm. for for the decent comedy to come out. Yeah. yeah. Very well, disappointing. That, the, the, there was a comedy show. I've done a few cruises, and the comedy shows I've seen, obviously, the comedians that get brought onto the buddy cruise liner, they have to do a kid's show in the afternoon and an adult show at night. Yeah, right. Yeah. You imagine yeah. Jim Jeffries doing a kid's show in the afternoon. Oh, God, I can't imagine Jim Jeffries. I haven't heard anything that man's ever said being funny. Oh, come on. No, he's so far to the left, it's ridiculous. He hates he hates Donald Trump. He hates Buddy. He hates anyone that thinks anything that's even remotely individual. No, so he's you're a, looking like a, it's a TED talk. It's a comedy show. He's a sheep. <laughs> he's a sheep. He's not funny. He's not like Dave Allen. Yeah, so Dave, again, again you've Allen just got to... You're, you're just putting shit on everybody's stuff here. Hey, I've got Dick a message, a text, text message huh? here on your dad jokes. Good on him. How much did the pirate pay to get his ears pierced? God knows. Buccaneer. Buccaneer. Good on him. Well done. Where does this stuff come from? It's easy from the internet. Just look up dad jokes. Yeah. I'm sure that's what Andy does every week before he does the bloody news with me. Look up dad jokes. Yeah. It's like those I don't trust these trees. They seem kind of shady. That's right. Yeah. That's kind yeah, of shady. Just, uh, <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Yeah, it's a bit wild, comedians. isn't it? Yeah. Well, so, talk about comedians, the two Ronnies. The two Ronnies were funny. Well, they were funny. Monty Python was funny. Yeah. Hale, Hale and Pace, very yeah, funny. They were good. That uh, Monty Python, I used to, used to listen to that on the way to school. Yeah, um, one of our neighbours, he was a big fan of it. So he, um, yeah. he used to play that. You know, when you used to um, take the, your boombox on the bus? Did you catch a bus to school from the country? Yeah, well, we did, yeah. I generally had to walk 75 miles through snow oh, and lizards oh, and shit oh, like that to get to school. But anyway, oh. yeah, no, when, when we were lucky enough to catch the bus. Yeah, yeah so we used to catch the bus and, you know, you had the boombox and, you and yeah. the mixtape you made from the night before, and blah, That's blah, right. blah, and recorded the top 40 on yeah. on Sunday nights. Off Casey, Casey's, Casey's hot 40. Hot 40, yeah. So, but the fellow just up the road, Bernard was his name, he used to love yeah. uh, Monty Python, so, because they caught yeah. the bus before us, yeah. they, you know, they, yeah. they yeah. sort of had the, the pecking order there. Yeah. So he used to love Monty Python, so we used to listen to a fair bit of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Monty Python. Yeah. Monty Python was pretty cool. I mean, I, I, this will tell you how damaged I am. You, you know, the whole life of Brian. You can mm. do this, you know, watch the life of Brian. I, you know, there are movies that you've seen more than 100 times and you still laugh. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, the life of Brian's probably one of those for me. For you? You know? Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny as hell. The gags. Mm-hmm. I defy anyone to sit through the Willis Wodger skit without laughing. The who, which one? The Willis Wodger. Willis Wodger. Yeah, Willis Wodger. <laughs> Google it, Google it. And I'll, if, you, I'll if, have you can, to. if you can actually sit through release the release Roger skit without laughing, you are not normal. It yeah. is so absolutely eye-wateringly funny. Right. You have to see the, the whole you know, John Cleese and all the all the boys there, and you know, it, it's just really, it, it's absolutely his funny. Have a have a watch. Yeah. And, I mean. The holy hand grenades of Nick, and uh, 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 the holy hand grenade of Antioch, rather, and the knights of Nick, mm. and all that sort of, and, and the black knight with his getting his arms cut off, but it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> I mean, mm. surely you've seen this stuff. It's absolutely funny. This was funny, really funny stuff. Study um, oh, the goodies. Oh, right? that that was a cla- that was, yeah, something I look forward to. Um watching every the, afternoon the Kenny Everett video yeah show. yeah we weren't allowed to watch that because my mum thought it was a bit rude well hot gossip when hot gossip came on mate, it did get a little bit rude <laughs> yeah. for those of you who don't know what we're talking about Google Super Nation the uh, what's the name the Phillips I can't think of a first name dancers mm. oh man and it, it, like that was the closest thing we got to porn back in the day yeah. I mean, if you could, if you could, if you could sit through and watch that without mum busting you, you were lucky. Mm. I used to have you to know? go to a friend's place to watch it. Yeah, and yeah. it was in colour, and the whole thing. I mean, Google Supernation and watch the YouTube of, of the of the dancers. Um, uh, hot gossip, the band, the the the, uh, the dancers were called. So even just, just Google hot gossip. Hmm. There's a bit of uh, there's a bit of eye candy there for the girls as well because the. The boys used to wear these these jumpsuits and, and everything and, and um, let's put it this way. Um, yeah. They well, didn't look like you? No, they didn't look like me. Right. They uh, they and they danced and they moved around and they uh, and they uh, Yeah, unbelievable. Someone put me out of my misery. I got I'm gonna have to Google it now and find out. I can't remember what the name of the, the girls the girls were the dancers were. On the Kenny Everett video show. On the Kenny Everett video show. I'm just I'm just googling now. Hot gossip. <laughs> They've probably taken it off the internet. You probably can't. They probably have taken it. Probably can't blow it. It's blow it. The internet. Everyone, the, the internet's gone slow on me. Uh, right Ridiculous. There's oh, goodies though. Two, it was pretty good. Eh? The goodies. That was good stuff, eh? The goodies was good. Yeah. The goodies were good. Yeah. That's when they could write comedy. Yeah. Hot Gossip were a British dance troupe who made television appearances in 1978, backed by Sarah Brightman on her single "I Lost My Heart to a Starship Trooper." <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Arlene Phillips, that's her. They were formed by the Arlene Phillips dance. She was a dance teacher. They were a risque dance troupe. Yeah. And they were they appeared regularly at Morton Bury's nightclub in London. 
Yeah. Um, there you go. So there you go. There's a hot gossip nightclub in Fortitude Valley. I'll, I'll see you there Saturday week. At mate. the valley? You're going to go to the valley, yeah. are you? Down to the valley. Let's go down to the valley and have a bit of a look. There's that's... multiple VIP birds. Oh, no, that's going to be funny stuff watching you get pushed down there in a wheelchair. <laughs> They've got an LED dance floor. Over the bridge. Over the bridge. Down to, to, to the valley. Awesome, fun, awesome function we're in with WorldCast DJ. I think we need to ring Brownie up and say we're going to move our event down to the hot gossip well, nightclub in, in the valley. I think you'll be on your own there, buddy. You, you, don't, reckon, you don't reckon Rose and Blondie would go down there with us? No. No. no? Okay. Not, if we can answer that one pretty straight up, yeah. Oh dear, it is an important safety kit for you boys. If you go out for a night out down the valley, pay in cash. Don't use your card, all right? Well, are they skimming cards down there? No, 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 no. You never know what your girlfriend might find in your pants pocket. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh no. You don't, you don't, I you find don't it the be, the best way now, and you pay by card is that you know how many beers you had last night. <laughs> oh mate, I always made it a rule. Go out, you never pay for anything with a credit card when you go out for a night with the boys. Because oh, well. you never ever know what's going to happen. You never know where you can end up. Take cash. You've obviously got pay. too much to worry about, mate. Sorry? You've obviously got too much to worry about. No, no, no. Well, I wouldn't do it now. I'm too old for that crap. Oh, right. You know, but if you, I mean, all I can say is it's important safety tip. It can save you lots and lots of pain. That's all I can say. I reckon it's handy just to keep record of the shock and awe these days. Like, you reckon? Oh, we went down to Melbourne for a little quick trip the other day. Yeah. Two beers and a pie mm-hmm. on the plane. It was 30 bucks. Two beers and a pie. 30 bucks. Oh, and a sausage roll. 30 bucks. Right, yeah. With sauce. Two beers. With sauce. Um, With sauce. And then I think two two beers was like $24. Yeah. Craft beer. So they're very crafty oh, in the way they sell it to you. Craft beer. Now, there's something. Whoever whoever started that craft beer stuff. Someone very crafty, I'll tell you, because they've worked it out to make money. There's uh, there's a uh, an Australian company which started from the craft, like distributing the craft beer and stuff. They went broke. Booze, booze, booze or something. They went broke during the week. Oh, they're only delivery mob. They're like the Ubers of delivering grog, weren't they? I think they were. Yeah. But they've gone from a company that was worth millions of dollars to being broke. Uh, worth millions or told people they were worth millions? Well, apparently they had warehouses with booze and stuff in it. They just pick it up from Woolies. Maybe. Did they? I don't no, know. They're just an Uber of delivering grog. Booze buddies. Anyway, they went broke. Yeah. So they would have done a right through COVID, though, because no one was going out. You would just go down to... Well, you would have had no me. choice then. Well, you'd have been using booze buddies. Maybe they were built up through people wanting to have the booze brought to them rather than going out and getting it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, some of them are handy services. I don't I Uber yeah. Eats, I use them a bit. You have your choice yeah. of restaurants and, you know, right. if you're having a bit of a family dinner at home, you know, with a few, you know, because mm. everyone fights over what you, you want or you can order whatever you bloody want, eh? I've, I've had pizza delivered. Really? But I've never, Have you, I've never you've had, had pizza had delivered? Else. I've had pizza delivered. Wow. But I've never had anything else delivered. Yeah. I've never had anyone deliver 
buy food or anything like oh, that. You can get everything these days. Of course you can, but I've never, I'm just saying I've never ever had it done. Oh, you should. You should. You reckon? I'll try it. Yeah. Like, I'd rather go out to I'd rather go out to a restaurant or go to the club or something like that. Yeah. And 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 do that. I mean, at least then you don't have to do the dishes, do you? Well, you don't have to do the dishes with Uber Eats, just throw it in the bin. All right. Just plastic container. Well, if, if you want to put yeah. it on a plate at home and dirty it and then wash Either. it, well, that's your choice, eh? The first time, when I went to New Zealand there last year, was the first time I've ever actually been in a Uber. Never in an never Uber? I've never even been in a Uber before. Yeah, right. I've okay. never used Ubers, I've thought. Well, Ubers are just imposters. I've used taxis. Yeah. But now you can't get a taxi. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. Well, we don't. Where I live, we don't get Ubers. We get the taxi. Right. Because we don't well, have there, Ubers. But, well, there are no Ubers where you live. Well, there's none here, and I don't I don't know if they'd come into the area, and I I would hope they never did. Yeah. Um, we've got a, got a great taxi service here. But yeah. how often have you been in a capital city and waited for an hour for a taxi? Never. Never. We've obviously never been to a capital city and ordered a taxi. I've uh, I've lived in taxis. Yeah. So someone just someone just texted me and said I don't recommend getting your ice cream delivered. No. No. But in saying but that, know, but in saying that, we've had fried ice cream. Board. Now, listen to this. Oh, how no. do you know the Uber Eats bloke hasn't snabbled some of your chips? Well, he might have how, done. Do you know, how do you know he hasn't stuck his grubby little paw in there and fondled your bloody... <laughs> Maybe he has. Food. Yeah. They do do and funny and things, but... some of your chips. How yeah. would you know? Yeah. I quite often order when, I, um, when I've been delivering in... Um... Hang on. Holy shit, what's that? Oh, that's the, that's the uh, call-in line. Yeah, sorry. I thought, I thought we were being launched into space or something. It was quite loud, moment. wasn't it? We've actually, it was. Um, yeah. It's actually Rod, Rod Hanafy. Yeah. He's been to somewhere in Dubbo today, in um, uh-huh. Narromine, actually. So right. I'll just bring him in. Are you there, Rod? I am, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm oh, fantastic because I've had about six dubbies. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even managed yeah. to, actually. A bloke, a bloke bought me one. I've come to the dinner as well. So. Right. Oh, right, eh? So, you're in Narromine tonight, Rod. I am, I am. I'm at the Trackmaster uh, Caravan Club rally. Yeah. Um, they approached me about coming and talking to them, and it's been a bit of a juggle this week getting here. I sort of had to uh, steal three minutes out of my logbook to get here after a fairly big oh, week, but uh, I've now got to have a... <laughs> three minutes I can get away with, mate. So, oh, uh, it's not a bad effort considering it took me a week to get here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, now I've got to have a 24-hour break here anyway, and I'm doing a talk at 8 o'clock in the morning about sharing the road with trucks, about Channel 18, about rest areas. Uh, yeah. And I've just come back from Darwin, so I've got a copy of... Uh, I've got a, the good, the bad and the ugly stories with the caravans. Yeah. Uh, and, look, generally, I've been pretty well welcomed. As I yeah. say, they invited me up to uh, to their dinner at the Narromine United Services Club. Like uh, yeah. bought me a beer. And uh, I've already had quite a number of people approach me and ask questions. And um, yeah. it's funny, the uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Narrowbine Showgrounds. Not exactly a very big spot, but 
I turned up and I said, oh, where can I park? And they set up there. So I backed the BW in off the street and I had an audience that came out and said, geez, you did that easy. And I said, uh, oh, well, and of course, you know, you've all heard the stories of people that go into caravan parks and can't back them. Mm. So Lucky you weren't yeah. still in the triple O, mate. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yes, that would have been a lot more harder. <laughs> might have, might have, mightn't have looked so good. That's right, course, yeah. They did try that somewhere, but that didn't work, so, yeah. Yeah. Because the only time I've ever buggered up back into somewhere is when I've got a big audience. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it generally doesn't tend to help, eh? No. Hey, uh, speaking of caravans, mate, we've got, uh, I was keeping it under my hat, but we've got Ken Walker from the Truck Friendly Facebook page as, as a guest for next Wednesday night for the live show. Oh, right, okay, yes, yes. Yeah, so Ken Wilson. He's been doing Ken Wilson. Ken Wilson, sorry, you're right, Ken Wilson, sorry, I apologise. Um, he uh, he's done some pretty good work on Facebook with the with the truck friendly page and and that. So yeah, he's going to be here he next Wednesday has, night. And he's done a couple of posts on the uh, the green reflectors and and he, he does get an enormous coverage with the green reflectors and yeah. we discussed it early on and it's funny he uh, I'd been at uh, going into Bundaberg and I'd slept there on the side of the road and there was this lovely paved site and of course the next morning after I left it had green reflectors on it I don't know how that happened. But yeah, he saw I, that yeah, one, yeah. and of course that was the one that he took a photo of. And it's a lovely paved area that's got plenty of room. And of course, you all yeah. know that they're not all paved areas with lots of room like that. But he yeah. put that photo up, and then I had to chase him up and say, "Well, they're not all like this, and uh, yeah. how it works and what it's for." And he did go to both TMR and RMS and say, "Well, is this only for truckies?" And the yeah. reason initially that the intent was not to keep it from everybody. But yeah. we all know how hard it can be to find that spot when you need one. And yeah. we didn't really want the public to know about it and go and use them up when that's the only spot that you have. And his answer was, particularly looking at that site he took a photograph of, well, if there's a caravan travelling along and he's got a few trucks or cars behind him, he can safely pull into that bay just for a moment, let the traffic pass, and he was promoting it on that intent. But, of course, um, we've gone back and forth a couple of times and we've said, well, they're not for caravans to sleep in. Uh, they're not ideal. They are for us because we don't have enough spaces. And, look, another one of the things I'll be talking about tomorrow is when you go into a into a bay, for goodness sake, don't all spread out like Brown's cows and use all the space up because when we come in there later that night and there's nowhere for us to go, do mm. you really want to put tyre truckies back on the road? Mm. Well, the other question is, do you want a bloke park right beside you with his ice pack running yeah yes yes and then look there's got to be something i spent um, an hour and a half on the phone yesterday with tmr while i'm sitting in maribor having a 24-hour break so that i could make make it all work to get here um and they're doing a study on the warrigo now yep. it's good that they're doing a study it's good that they've spoken to myself and some others but it's at least two years before they get to the point of doing something and then it's probably another two before something changes on the highway yeah. and I said to them I said I want the name of someone in TMR high up that will say here's an interim let's get behind the green reflectors let's fill the gaps or something like that um, because whilst what they're doing is good and it's valuable in the longer term and if they do this strategy properly and they fix, for example, the Warrego, then they might go and do the Cunningham and they might go and do the Bruce and they might go and do others. Yeah. That work is not going to solve our problem tomorrow or next year or probably in the next fall. Yeah. And we need some solutions now. Mm. Well, 
the, the thing about it is, I mean, I've had it pointed out to me quite a few times now, Rod, with respect to the work that's being done with the uh, Rest Area Steering Committee, for example. And yep. it's been quite a while now since the government took power and they've had a, a meeting or two now and still nothing's happened. Uh, I would have thought that they would have been into it for a quick win. There would have, there were a number of things that they could have done, but it seems like their goalposts have been moved a few times. And uh, my old mate, uh, Bob McMillan, said to me that the best way to slow something down was form a committee and send them all up a bit of a bush track. Do you think that that's what's happened now, do you? Look, I, I'm, I want to be positive. Um, the fact that we are at the table is a first. We've never been there before. We've always been on the outside looking in. The mm. fact that it is a government body, it must comply with their rules. That doesn't mean that I'm happy with that. And we all know blokes were bagging us out the day the thing started because they didn't get on there and we haven't fixed everything in the first day. Yeah. Uh, that was never going to happen. But yep. we are there to have a say and, and whilst I will push as hard as I can to expand those boundaries and to get things done overnight and as a perfect example I, I said to TMR I said okay you know I'm on this steering committee do you have any projects that you have ready but aren't funded oh, yeah. I know we're years away from that so that's yeah. not our failure as the committee that's yep. the government's failure. And I said to them, we're coming from such a low base. You know, the, the, yeah. the fact that you've included us, that's good. And you're going to do something, we hope, in the future. But they couldn't tell me what the next two steps really are. And yep. uh, like Ticana Creek on the new, I know that that is planned, but it's not funded. And I already sent a message to RMS. I did try and get onto the Narrabai Council, see if they'd, they'd give us back that spot beside McDonald's. They could have just sprayed that with a bit of oil or something and given that's yeah. back, but they've got some other plans for that, so they said no to that. Yeah. Uh, I can't fix it overnight. No one can. And I hope the committee will be able to do more than we've done, but people have to recognise how it works, and it's not me building the rest area. Otherwise, we'd be doing it tomorrow. Oh, no, no, no. I, I get that, mate. I, mean, <laughs> I think what, I mean, what we need to understand here too, Mike, is that, I mean, obviously both me and Rod are on, on this committee, Um I forgot about you, Bernard. <laughs> we, we need, yeah. So you, you might just get silence when you ask some questions here, but no, no, go your heart. You know, I can. I, it's I can it's not up to shoulders. just us to yeah, make politicians react. I have made it. I have yeah. made it perfectly clear that the applications for things to to be done have to come from the ground up. It's got mm. to start with the councils and then the state government, yeah. and the application for funding have always got to go through these channels. But it's and not up said, to just... And, I, and as I said right from the start, we look at things like half a billion dollars worth of funding for the Barrier Reef, and we say, Christ, how did that happen so fast? Mm. It happens fast because people know what channels that they've got to go through to get the money. Yeah. And we don't know those channels. We need the, uh, the government people to help us work our way through those channels. But the thing to me seems to be... And I hope that you two say this on my behalf when you get back to camp, because Christ knows if I was there, I would say it. Why is it taking so long for people to get some information about what's been going on? Because I don't know about you, either of you, I'm bloody certain, Rod, anyway, we can drive around, we can say, well, that needs some work, that needs some work, that needs some work, that needs some work. You can go and tell the people that that needs work, and that's where it seems to stop. Mm. 
The state government here in New South Wales promised $20 million for rest areas and stuff, uh, stuff around New South Wales. They've said that they want to make Sydney more uh, amenable to truck drivers. We've got all the issues down the port. The Buddy Southern Cross Truck uh, t Terminal Centre in um, Chipping Norton closed. Mm. The public waybridge closed. There's not another public waybridge until bloody Eastern Creek. But it's ridiculous. We're talking about making it better. It's getting worse. But this is where everybody in the industry has to contact their local members or they have to be proactive. So it's not just up to three or four people in the industry to try to fix oh, it. I know. Everybody I know, I know. has to be involved. And, you know, we're there on a committee and we can make decisions. But people still have to go to their local members, their local councils, yeah. or if, if you're from out of a local shire or somewhere, but it's a place where you travel and you need to yeah. have a rest, get in touch with them. Like, it's not hard to find the information. Don't just whinge about there's no rest areas. All Ring I can up. say is that 20 years ago they said it was rest areas were a focus. And look at what happened. Yeah. Rod can tell you how many rest area spaces we've lost up and down the highways through work that's been done. Bloody pieces of road that have been ripped up that could have been turned into rest areas. No consultation. It's happened over and over and over again. And it just seems to me like it's very convenient now for the government to say, oh, we've got to go through all these processes. We've put all this money there to be spent. If it's not spent, it's not our fault. It's just buck passing and weasel words and bullshit, well, in my opinion. If the way the funding's set up, if a local shire puts in an application, mm. it will be looked at. And that's all we can say at the moment. So that's yep. what I'm saying. People need to contact their local shire. I can't. Rod can't. No. And, no, and people have to understand that. We can't go around advocating who should be doing what where. Mm. Like, there are certain things that we're bound by of what we can act on and what we can't. So all I can say to anybody out there who has a whinge about a rest area, yeah, get on the internet and find out where the problem is and who the, who the council is in that area and do something yeah. about it. Ring yeah. them. There's two, Put two them. things that they can do straight away. Now, yeah. I raised this with TMR yesterday, and, yeah. and I've just come back from Darwin, right? So there is the King River Truck Bay near Catherine. It's got a truck toilet. That's yeah. the only truck bay from there to the border that, that has a toilet. All the car bays have got toilets, but you yeah. can't even pull up in a triple out the front and walk in and use the toilet. And I've rung the, the NT government. I've emailed them and said exactly that. So we can hassle them to get toilets in some of those truck bays. They could put funding in for that. And the other thing I said to TMR yesterday was there are, you know, you, you two would, I'd ask, how often do you see a car asleep in a car bay on their own at night? They won't go in there. They're scared to be on their own. They'll come into a truck bay and sleep there because they won't stay in a car bay on their own. So yeah. all of those facilities are going to waste. And I said mm. that is something that we can seek funding for if there is a car rest area that could be expanded. It already has toilets. It already has the tables and chairs. And all it might need is a better entry access. Now, we could get some of them changed very quickly and for mm. little money compared to building a brand new one. And yeah. the other one is stockpile sites. Mm. So if oh, there's so a stockpile site that really suits our use, 
again, you can ring that council up and say, we would like access, you know, are you aware of this funding? Put in an application because we can only approve the applications when they come. Yeah, well, I don't, well, don't think for a moment I'm just trying to be argumentative, Rod, because I'm not. You know, no. I, I just see what's going on and, you know, you, you'll get these little bits of wiggle room like we've, we've created a turning bay so you can turn across traffic and, and park in a parking bay on the wrong side of the road in your, in your road train and then create a hazard going in and a hazard going out. And yep. then some smart-ass says we've doubled the parking. It's bullshit. Yeah, look, I've had exactly the same argument. Yep, exactly the same argument with TMR out on the Fitzroy Development Road. There's two yep. rest areas. They've got no entry signs at one end. They want you to turn an AB triple across traffic and create a bigger problem. And I want to know who decides, mate. Like some of the ones in the Territory, you go down the road and it says no entry, but the yep. next one's 20 kilometres away. So what do you do? You know, if you're tired, do you drive in and ignore the no entry sign? And yep. we're not stupid. We can drive in from one end and drive out from the other. What's the difference yep. as long as you look? But yep. they put up a no entry sign so you can't use it. And why? And yet the next yep. one... You can you, you can access it at both sides. Why is that? Now, there is such a thing as, as getting better utilisation out of mm. what's there. But with those rest areas, any bloke that sees a car-only rest area in a in near a town or a city, if he rings them and says, oh, that rest area there, mate, why can't we get trucks in? Oh, it's not big enough. We haven't got the money. Well, then here is your chance to put in an application to get the funding. Yeah. Well, I've just had someone text me and say, uh, I'll read it out. this committee's all bullshit. The government knows that driving hours are regulated. They need to make provision for that to be catered for. The committee's a delaying tactic. Why should drivers have to contact councils to make a, que a request? Where are the professionals? That's just reading this guy's, this guy's uh, message. I, I can understand the frustration there, and I, I in, in essence agree with him but mm. these are the things that we have to deal with to make it happen well um, i would have thought the part about having you know, a big group of drivers on the committee would be that you would be able to offer your expertise and insight into saying which areas needed the most attention and that depends on where you travel and what you do but if he's got a problem with a specific road we all run different routes not everybody mm. runs every road in australia and of a course. bloke that runs the same road every night, surely yep. you'd agree he's got the knowledge of where the gaps are. Now, again, I raised this with TMR yesterday. I said, mm. are you going to do an audit first, see what's there, what capacity there is, and then on that map, you will mm. see there is a gap of 60K or 80K or 100K. So straight away, yep. you know that's a spot. They did a study in the States, and I believe the figure was 35 miles. And once yep. you go beyond the gap of 35 mile, the um, fatigue crash rate increased. So yes. there's a guideline. We've got the current heavy vehicle rest area guidelines and TMR is saying a maximum of 80 between yep. major sites. But unless that bloke running the Newell or the bloke running the Steward or the bloke running the Princess mm. says, I'm on here every night and there's never enough parking bay between this town and that, and that would be a good site. How am I or anyone on that committee going to know to put that forward and get that funding pushed? Oh, look, I, I agree. But I would suggest that the thing should be back to, to uh, 50 kilometres. And the issue for that is that we, I mean, we drive up and down all the time, Rod, and I'm sure you've had the unfortunate you know, position. I know it certainly happened to me. 
where you've got an hour or so to go on your time, you're starting to look for somewhere to sleep, you pull into a rest area and there's no space where you can safely park without blocking everyone else in. So you, yep. you, know, you truck on to the next one. And if the same thing happens to you again and you're on an electronic logbook, you are screwed. You have two choices. You can keep going and get a blister because it'll highlight it for the enforcement officers when they check your book next time. Or you can pull up and block up the whole parking bay. There yeah, that's, so that's 80K. That's major sites. Then yep. it was 50K for a minor site, maybe four or five trucks in that bay. And yep. then 25K for either an informal bay or a, a simple one, one truck bay. So the yep. aim is that there would be something at a minimum of every 25. But yep. a major one might be a centre in a town. That might be 80 or 100. But there would also be a gap between that yet again. Yeah, well, good luck trying to find somewhere to pull up in a small town. I mean, you drive through places like Muswellbrook, for example, yes. and all along <laughs> the bloody sides of the roads. No standing, yep. No standing, <laughs> no stopping signs. You can't even pull up opposite, opposite the Maccas and run over and have a leak. Yep, and I raised that again with TMR, like you look at Plainlands. We used to have blokes yep. running Melbourne, Brisbane. There's only two supermarkets you can access. And yep. blokes had been pulling up on the shoulder at Plainlands. And I rang and yep. I put in a specific request. Would they put in a parking bay for us so we could access a supermarket? You know what they did? They went Nothing. out and tore it all up, put in a turn lane and locked us out and said no. And, yep. and look, we've got to make that fight every time, mm -hmm. but we need some help. Craig and I can't do it. The other members of the committee can't. We're not asking those mm -hmm. blokes to give us their left arm. We just mm. want a little bit of information because none of us run every road in Australia every night. Mm. No, and, and, and this is the worst part about it. I mean, for me in my job, you know, before I had my shoulder surgery just recently, I was out all over the place, all through Western New South Wales, you know, and I got to know the places where I was likely to be looking for somewhere or I would do the maths and work out I might be coming back this way and I'm, when I need to have a rest and start looking around in the daylight. But if you're driving down a road you don't know at night, you've got, and, and you need to be travelling at a reasonable speed to you know, make good use of your time. And we've all been caught in the situation. You're getting doughy, you're looking for somewhere to pull up, and you don't see it until you're right beside it. And by then it's too late. Yes. You know? yes and that's, exactly what the right. reflector, that's what the green reflector thing was all about. And for yep. me, yep. I've said it before, I've said it out loud, I've said it to you, mate. Um, it's the best bang for its buck thing that I've ever seen or heard about. But Adam Gibson said it out loud, and he was, you know, he's a risk assessment engineer. That's what he does for a job. He looks yes. at where all these things happen, you know. Yeah, and there's he now, a, there's the now a few more in the territory as well. And, and I was yeah. straight up with TMR. I said, if you blokes don't do it, I'll keep doing it. I'll be straight up. Because as soon as I have a truck driver telling me I saved his life, yeah. and you blokes simply won't do it, then I will. It's well, I know people have said people have said to me, "Tell your mate Rod," you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know how people ever decided that you and I were mates, but I suppose we are. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Good on you. <laughs> but people have said, "Tell your mate Rod that he saved me life." So, and I've had that said to me more than once, mate. So we're going to keep doing it. We've got to keep doing it. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. And if you know, I cannot for the life of me understand why there is not a, a funding program. Um, that, that's on, on roads that are Commonwealth funded at least because the Commonwealth Government can do that, can't they? So yep. well, we're going to go ahead and do this and have someone drive around in a van 
with some green reflectors that actually knows what it's like to pull up in a truck yeah. and what you need to pull well, and pull out and mark a few of these things. But Why Mike, can't we, we, are, we have we've applied for funding. Rod's mm. done this time and time again to yeah. implement this that that strategy nationally. Yep. Yet no one's come back and forked out the money for it, and it's not a lot of money. Look, we, we've put in an application this year to to do exactly that. Mm. So we were waiting till I think August is it, Rod, to find out a response. So might be yeah. July, mate. Yeah, yeah, when they announce the, you know, uh, the successful people if, with that. So and if they do come back with that, and this has got nothing to do with the rest area committee, th- mm. this is a strategy that will be implemented by people in the industry not yeah. not councils nothing we'll go out there and find these areas and mark them like yeah. i'm sure rod would just love to be doing nothing else but yeah, well, until we get the funding that's not possible so, another text message now um the people at the council have no idea of the requirements of professional drivers they've got different goals they don't prioritize uh, give priority to the rest of the reserves no disrespect to the people on the committee, but it seems the whole system is flawed. Well, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I don't think it's flawed. I think we've actually put together some guidelines for people to apply on, on what they can build. So Rome wasn't built in a day, and we've no. been doing this since February. Yes. Right? So if people are expecting us to go and build a rest area... In, no, no, I don't think anyone months. was expecting anyone to have anything built by now. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I certainly do think that there were a number of things. I know, I certainly remember when I was talking to Glenn Stirl about the whole thing when I was wanting to be on the committee myself, you know, and, and I would have been there participating in it quite happily. Turns out that I'm on the side and I never whinged about that because, you know, I'm happy to be on the outside. I can ask the questions I'm asking and shout and carry on like a to Bob Watch. But the reality of it is for me, I would have thought that there would have been some smart things that could have been done fairly easily, like the Green Refactor Program that the Commonwealth can do, that should have been happen, happening by now, and at least then everyone would be seeing that there was something being done at least. For God's sake, you and I both know, Craig and Rod, that these sort of programs will save lives and they make common sense to do it and it's it's just sinks in the dollar compared to building a, a rest area. I did yeah. a whole bloody show with Adam uh, Gibson about how much it costs to build a rest area. Again, mu- again, you know? Mike, yes. to people out there that want to whinge, mm-hmm. whinge to your local member. I don't know how yeah, I can stop, state stop, that more clearly. Stop whinging to me, whinge to your local member. That's exactly it. I, I, I'm <laughs> doing the best I can, and so yeah. is Rod, and so are you, and so is a lot I'm of other people out there. I'm not having a go at you, mate. I'm not no, whining but, you. I'm not trying to wind you up. I'm right just right but you, you want to have a shot, or you, you want to have a discussion about what people can do to make a difference, ring mm. your local member, send them an email. There's no point telling me that the committee's shit or not doing the right job or the government's not doing it. Yep. You, you, people elect their local officials. You know who they are. Ring them up. Yeah. You voted for them. You yeah. ticked a box. Ring them and tell them what you want. 
Yeah, but the point of it is, I like the point that I'm making to you is that there were a number of things, and I please feel free. I really wish you would ask Glenn Stirl what is it exactly, because if I get the opportunity to talk to Glenn very soon, he's up on that Fitzroy Crossing uh, charity run that I should have been on with him. Um, the, you know, is there something that the Commonwealth government can do on Commonwealth-funded roads? Why can't that be done? Why do we have a federal minister for transport? Because they're, they're all state-funded roads. They're not all state-funded roads. We used to have a national highway network for which the feds yes. were responsible. They yes. gave that responsibility back to the states. And I think we'd all agree the states have generally done a lousy, bloody job. Mm, terrible. Not only of maintaining those roads, but anything else. Now, I raised that with Glenn. I said, look, we can do the green reflectors. We can do it quick and blokes mm. will see something immediate. The other That's thing that we can do, and I asked about, we mm. know Sydney's a problem. Now, you go to Heathwood in Brisbane and there are signs up in the industrial area that says trucks only parking 6 p.m mm. to 6 a.m now i said and i said at that committee meeting why can't we go to sydney councils and get the bloody one hour rule rescinded only in industrial areas we're not going to park mm. in front of somebody's house with the ice pack and the fridge van and the stock crate but mm. why can't we have some of those councils and of course the committee said well that's outside of our rift it's not a rest area but i said why can't we do it why can't we find someone to do that and i'm still pushing for that because that 20 million dollars they offered for sydney parking mm. you know how much land are you going to get for 20 million dollars in sydney not a lot you get a lot more outside but if mm. we could get those industrial areas that allowed you to park there at night we could solve that probably in six months you know, you get, get onto each council, get the law changed. It's only a minor council by law because mm. at the moment they use that thing. If you park there for more than an hour with a system of street lighting, they can knock you off. Yeah, now, and they, they could make Quite a big happily. change. Quite happily. Mm. And, and then, you, then you go up around the back of Eastern Creek and the likes of Tolls and all those people up there like to use that as their personal truck parking area. You know, it's bloody yep. ridiculous. I mean, that is something that we can control. We mm. can tell tolls not to do it. That's exactly right. You know, that's well, they've, we they've got more control. money than some bloke with only one truck, haven't they? Who's, <laughs> who's got well, they nowhere do. else to go? They, they've got money to buy a depot, and if yeah. they can't buy a depot and build it sufficiently to put all their trucks on, that mm. doesn't mean they can take over every other site where, you know, 15 blokes who come from interstate have simply nowhere else to go. Yeah, well, you've only got to drive round the back, round through uh, Smithfield and, and down round that area over there, Victoria Street, Cow Pasture Road, all that area down there and that industrial area in the inner urban sort of industrial area there in Sydney. You can, you can see the culprits. It's all the bloody overnight box carters with the, with the bloody uh, the fellas towing trailers doing changeovers. They're dropping their trailers all over the place all around Davies Street in Smithfield. You just can't get a park down there. There's a bloody loader, there's a driving school, yeah. parks their bloody trailers in the bloody parking bay that's there, for God's sake. Why aren't the NHBR and the council getting there and knocking those bastards off? Yeah. I mean, we're all, me, we're all talking here together at, to, to the... We're preaching, preaching to the, the choir, mate. It's just... It, 
you know, just again, again yeah, I know, Mike, but again, all these issues, if we don't, as an industry, talk to our government officials, we will not make a dent in this. Everybody yeah, well, needs to react. And if, if we need to get that message out, that's what we need to keep saying. And if we need to publish the the um, the phone numbers and the email addresses of all these local councils and that maybe that's what we need to do but but sending sending us a text message or 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 accusing the committee of not doing anything or whatever i think you know it, it's not fair to us we, we're out there doing the best we can to try well, to make a change to be, and to, to be fair and the text me just before he said no disrespect to anyone on the council on the yeah committee. So, yeah. I mean, what I'm, I'm personally just taking the point of view of the drivers. I mean, I, I know you guys are doing all, the, all that you can, but the, the, the reality of it is, is from the outside looking in, uh, people aren't seeing very much uh, of anything happening. And it would have been smart for me, it would, it would have seemed to have been smart if there could have been some things that could have been done quickly, which were rolled out quickly, which made it at least... Uh, appear that there were things being done straight away whether yep. you know uh, yep. and, and, and i said that from the start mike yep. when, when i spoke with glenn goal. i said that's what we needed because goal. blokes are going to bag us and that's what's going to yep. happen but yep. you all agree we've gone yep. backwards we've started yep. from a low base when we didn't yes. have enough and the last study that was done by arb in 2012 right so 11 years ago they did yep. a study and not one of our highways met the minimum required number of parking bays. They did nothing about it then, and mm. we've lost bays ever since. They closed one here and one there, and you, you, I've said, you know, why did you close that bay? Oh, it's dangerous. Yeah, but, you know, did, what about us? Where do we park now? And you've only got to look at Rocky at the moment. So yeah. there's the big parking bay opposite the Caltex in Rocky. Now, I rang TMR the other day. And I said, uh, what's going on with that parking bay? Oh, it's still open. I said, what do you mean it's open? It's all torn up. Oh, there's room for one truck. That's yeah, what she said. Open. There's room for yes. one truck. I said, what about the other 15 that have been there every time I've gone there? And she said, oh, well, it actually closes next month. And I said, yep. did anybody talk to the industry about where all those trucks are going to go while you're digging it up? And yes, we, we'd love a new parking bay. We'd love it improved. We actually want some bins. That'd be nice. And, and 18 months on, I'm still asking them to put bins in the bloody thing. Mm. So if we can't get bins put in in 18 months, mm. how are we going to get the bays done? And every time they take one away, and I've said this, that's why we want a national truck rest area strategy that no yep. one can close a single truck bay without industry consultation and without at least replacing it. And if we well, had that... something like that in place we'd have a start point. But, geez, we've come from so far behind, we've lost so many, and that's why it's so hard to catch up, Mike. Mm. Well, you know, you, yeah, I, I, I get it. I mean, I just had someone else text me and say, well, when are they going to fix up Port Botany? I mean... Yep. The, the, they would have been carried. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I should, I should uh, grab Jenny Aitchison and uh, hold her feet to the fire because she's the Minister for Regional Roads and Transport these days. And, you know, I talked to her before the election and she, all, she had, a, uh, had a lot to say about what they were going to do. I mean, there's a number of things. We, we look at what's going on and we, we know the eye walk.
we can get when we don't comply with the fatigue regulations. For God's sake, why can't we, as an industry, say it's about time and or just fines because we're not being supported by the by the people that regulate us with the rest areas that we need. I and mean, HBR yeah. doesn't have the responsibility. We hope that will come. We hope yep. they will have that say in the future and be able to put yeah. more weight on the states to push for that. Well, perhaps but we dealing with every state or council's next time, next time we're in the same room, because I'm sure we will be in the same room down the track. Sal, why can't you instruct your office officers to issue warnings only mm. until we get some more rest areas. Well, let's let's try that. Do, I'm sure it? in Brisbane we'll be in the same room. Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, I, I appreciate that the NHBR and the police uh, have to enforce the laws that are promulgated. Christ, we've had that conversation before about how how they've, they've got a veritable, you know, unpleasant sandwich that they've got to take a big bite of every time they go out to try and enforce the rules. But the reality of it is none of us are going to argue while these things are enforced and regulated and there are fines involved. For me, it just seems a little bit foolhardy to be giving people fines when they've got no choice sometimes. Now, I'm not saying that's always the case. And certainly there are some people out there that push the boundaries, you know. But where do, I don't see what good it serves to find a bloke for being 15 minutes over when all he's trying to do is find a rest area. Mm. I really don't get it. And I really don't and, get it, you know, when when someone's being told that you must stop now. It doesn't make any sense to me. It never has. Well, just, just to change this up a bit. I'm getting a little bit, a bit too aggro. aggro. <laughs> Why does this happen to me on a Saturday night? Oh, Why are you doing you're just an aggro man, I think. Mm. Anyway, I just got a message from Yag. You don't look like he's getting in tonight. But Astro has completed the 80-kilometre Ultra Margaret River Marathon. So congratulations wow. on that because, oh, I don't know, 10 kilometres on soft sand, you just, yeah, and then another so 70 k. So make anyway... Just thinking about, I wouldn't even like to walk it, let alone mm, run it. So he's probably over there um, enjoying a well-deserved beer right now. I imagine Yogi's been chasing him all the way, so that's why he's be buggered as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. So, it is, it is. yeah, congratulations. Now, Rod, yeah. back, back to where you are right now. I'll yes. shut up now. Yeah, Mike, you just, I, I can actually silence you here if I wanted to. <laughs> so I'll give you the I'll give you the quick, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And and look, the first question I'll be asking tomorrow is. How many of you have UHFs? Why don't mm -hmm. you have signs on there so we know where you are? So yep. on the way to Darwin, I've got the good bloke. Caravan up yep. in front of me, had a spare yep. tyre on the back, called up on Channel 40, copy there the van in front with the spare tyre rack. Yeah, mate. I said, coming up behind you, mate. Is it all right if I get past? Yeah, mate. Yeah, no worries. You know, you tell me when, I'll slow down. It's all good. Oh, thanks, mate. Appreciate that. So I get yep. round him, catch up to the next van. On a bit of a slight rise, and I thought, oh, no, look, I probably could do him, but I'll wait. I'll do the right thing over yeah. the top. And our mate's sitting on his 82.75 kilometres an hour, and mm. he stayed at 82.75 kilometres an hour. I, the, like, I had three and a half k sight distance, so, yeah. and, and I had to be somewhere. So yeah. I'm out overtaking him in a triple, and yeah. he would not back off. And even the bloke in the first band, who had the radio called up and said, oh, I was waiting for that bloke to back off. I said, yeah, so was I. Yeah. 
and, and the bloke yeah. just sat there. Now, you know, the, that's no respect for me and, and my job. And look, a lot of them have come to me here and said tonight, we know you're working yeah. and we're holidaying. And if I yep. see a truck come up behind me, I'll call him up and say, mate, you know, tell me when you're ready. I've even had a couple ask, what yep. do I say? What do I do? And tomorrow I'll probably have 150, 200 of them. Now, that's not every caravaner in Australia, and I can't get to all of them. But yeah. these people have been given the opportunity to come and listen. Now, I'm not dragging them in off the street. I'm not going out and beating them up. But the yeah. ones that want to learn will gain something, I hope, from me talking to them. That's why I give up another day out of my weekend when I should have been home to help educate them, to try and prevent one crash. And then the ugly bloke, I'm coming home, I've only got two trailers on now near Burke, and I'm, this van's coming towards me, and the car is sitting on the centre line, and his mm. van's over in my lane, over That's the awesome. double line. So I lit him up and sort of pointed and said, Oi, move over a bit. And, yeah. and they've said, you know, there are some good blokes out there. Now, there is one thing I would ask your listeners to consider. Mm. Now, you've all been on the road at times, and you've heard some bloke, call up a caravan and abuse the living Christ out of them. Mm. Now, yep. the bloke might have made a mistake. He might have done the wrong thing. But if the bloke in the truck calls up and says, copy there in the van, mate, do you realise how hard that made it to pass me? The bloke in the van might give that some consideration. You might think, oh, I'm, I'm, I might have made a mistake. Or how, how could I have done it better, mate? But yeah. if the bloke in the truck calls up and says, you're a flip, 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 the bloke in the road, the caravan's going to turn it off, and he's yeah. going to think that we're all a bunch of bloody, you know, low-life idiots, oh, yeah. Yeah. and they're going to make it worse instead of better. I understand their frustration. We all know that. We all know that they don't understand trucks. But who teaches them? Who yeah. offers them advice normally? And it's a bit like, mate, if I wanted to get to every truck driver in Australia and tell him about the green reflectors, I might do it in the next 60 years because yeah. they're all individuals, they don't read the mags, they don't all listen to you, unfortunately. And it's mm. the same with the caravanners. I can get to a few clubs and I can get to a few magazines, but they're all individuals. Mm. And it's bloody hard to get to them, but I'm prepared to put the time in because I hope that these blokes will go and get signs for their vans, that they'll understand, they'll have a bit of a read up on what I talk about, and they'll tell their mates and hopefully they'll understand. But yeah. if you go and abuse the Christ out of them, would you do something to help someone who's just abused you? No. So please, please think about what you say before you go launching into them. Well, well, we've, got a great, we've got a greater problem, though, that's right across, even inside the trucking industry. We've got the, the communication issues, which we have with some of the foreign drivers, for example. People aren't, the truckies aren't driving around with their buddy UHFs on these days. And some of the things you see out on the highway, you've only got to look at some of the uh, Ben Stamatovich's videos from, you know, uh, things that he's, he's shot. There's more than enough uh, videos of people doing silly things out there. Um, and as you say, we've, we've created a culture where people are more than happy to just launch into someone, which is thoroughly wrong. Hmm. We, and we they do it to themselves. Like, you've all heard some truckie call up and instead of saying, mate, was that the best, you know, you could do or... Jeez, mate, that didn't help. You, yeah. you dickhead, you ripped it. Blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah. of course, the other bloke comes back and, and they get out and beat one another to death on the side of the road if they had the chance. Yeah. But does that actually help? 
Surely not. Well, it's actually good, Rod, that, you know, through some of these shows that you're going to, we, we have the opportunity to present it in a, in a happy mode instead of in the attack mode all the time. Like, you know, I travelled, we did 12,000 k's around, you know, half Australia in a caravan, and obviously I'm from the industry, so we were as polite as we could be. I'd speed up when necessary and, and slow down when it when it felt good. But it um, you had to have that respect, but I knew that. So most people driving in a caravan don't know, and I mm. took every opportunity as we travelled to discuss this with other caravaners. Um, so whilst whilst we're having issues on the road, it's great to see that we are having the opportunity to present this in a forum like you are at Narromine. Yeah, it's brilliant stuff. And getting stuff blokes like old mate Ken on to have a bit of a talk as well and highlighting the works that he's doing with that brochure and the, the truck safe. So just for the truckies that are listening, if you can't listen next Wednesday night... He makes these stickers and they put them up on the back of the caravan, a big green sticker, and that shows that the person's actually done some reading and you know, has got some idea of what's going on when you're trying to go past, which is a good thing, I think. Mm. So um, it's truck-friendly is his mm. Facebook truck page, truck-friendly. Yeah. And, and yeah. look, a lot of the information he's got there has, has come from myself and others, and I've spoken to Ken over the years, and his aim is to try and go to a number of caravan shows and spread that work. And you know what it's like with our job. Like I, I've managed to get here by three minutes in the skin of my teeth after, you know, coming from Mackay. So mm. it, it's a bit hard. It's, if you're doing the same run every week, it's it's fine. But it's been a bit of an unusual couple of weeks um, going to Darwin and stuff. But I've still got mm. here. But if you know there was funding available, and I'm pretty sure that Ken has applied to NHVR. He's, he's looked at other funding streams, uh, and and if you know someone could do that and go to shows, but you can't just go to one. If you go and then once you start going to 10 or 15, well, then you're looking at you know a lot of time and a lot of effort of your own money, mm. and it's sort of like the same thing with the green reflectors. Yes, you know, it, it's my time out there putting them up, and yes, I'd love RMS to. And I've written a proposal, you know, I've said I will stand 10 meters off the road. Like, you know, you're not going to be that stupid to stand in the middle of the road and wave to trucks while you put them up, are you? Like, to be fair, mm. and and there are guidelines, I know what they are because I was involved with them. I wouldn't mark a site that's not suitable, but I've written a procedure, I've sent it in, and I'd love them to pay me to do it. Because mm. honestly, in the last 20, well, it's 23 years since the first ones went up on the Newell Highway at Peak Hill, they were blue then, mm. I, I couldn't count the number of hours I've spent walking up and down the side of the highway and, and ringing people and badgering them and writing emails. Um, one of our board members, Julie Downey, was at an ACRS event during the week, Women in Trucking, mm. Women in Safety, I think it was, and she had quite a number of inquiries from council RSOs, road safety officers, saying, oh, where do we find out about this? So I've sent Julie the, the outline and the breakup, and if we could get those individuals, that's good, but how do I get to every single council in Australia, which is mm. why I've tried to go to the top of TMR and said, if you get someone there that says, do this, then I've got a chance of getting it done. But how do yeah. I talk to 2,000 councils and get them to do it? When, as yeah. you said at the start, Mike, none of them care oh, about no, us no, in, the, no, in no. the least. I understand what you're saying, mate. And like, as I said, I'm, I'm in no way trying to have a go at you or anyone else for the work that you've done. In fact, I respect it a lot. So 
you know, the, the, the fact is, though, that we, we, we can't do anything if no one says anything, as you said. And as you've yep. always said, if you want something done about a piece of road, well, you, you find out who you bring up and then you be respectful and you tell them and then you tell your mates to tell them too because if more than one bloke says it, then they generally listen. But you know, the, the, the reality of it is, is that, you know, since I've been not driving around, I've had more opportunity to look into things and I've had people ring me up and I'm sure you found it when you were off when your shoulder was done. It's amazing the things that you can find out if you've got the time to look into it. A lot of guys that are out there driving around on the road, they've just got their head down, their bum up and trying to make a quid. And unfortunately, they don't get the time to look into it or the time to participate. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's well, probably you, look, I, I, had that, I had that 24-hour break at Maribara, so I set up yeah. two hour-long phone conferences because the bloody yeah. phone service in Australia is terrible outside of any capital city now. And then, right, yep. Mike, I'll, I'll give you another task. You can get on the Telstra and get uh, phone service right around Australia on our highways. Mate, can you have that done by tomorrow for me? Yeah, no worries, mate. I'll look into it. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, I, I made use of that time. Yeah. And, and TMR said, oh, we really appreciate it. You know, you've given us good feedback. But we shouldn't have to chase them to yeah. get in to have that say. They should be coming to us. And, look, as, as the NRFA, we've sent a letter to every state road authority saying we are here we are available we will respond we are on the road and we want you to be aware now we we shouldn't have to send that letter out they know that we're there they know that the other state associations are there and yet so many times you find out about something after the event oh they were taking consultation or submissions close on this two weeks ago because they don't come to us because uh, we, we got into quite a conversation about COR yesterday. Now, yeah. COR is a marvellous concept, but none of the customers know anything about it, and we're the ones copping the flogging, and look, they're, they're looking at doing some training for COR, and that's a good thing. That's got to happen. Yeah. And even in the States, they looked at our COR and said, hey, geez, this is a really good idea. But, of course, yeah. it didn't get up there because there's too many people above us that have so much sway... And we as drivers, and you all know, everyone says we can't blockade the road. That's not going to solve the problem. If we all got together and decided we wanted four things. Now, you cannot go to any government with a list of 27 things because, one, they don't even know the problem exists, and, two, they haven't got a clue what the solution might be, Mm. and you give them a list of 27 things, they're going to go, holy shit, look at this, we can't touch this. But if we as an industry could agree on four things, four problems, and provide four solutions, and we could back someone, whether it's Mike, whether it's Craig, whether it's me, whether it's the union, if you like, whether it's a state association, I don't care. But if we could go to them together, we could get something done. But whilst ever Mike wants this, Craig wants that, Rod wants something else, and we have everybody... You know, you've seen those texts already. We know the frustration is out there. We live it. We're out on the road too. You know, the blokes that are texting in aren't telling us stuff because mm. we're out there doing it too. But, mm. you know, you can't block the road and get things fixed, but we can't agree on what we want and put something simple forward and push it because we don't have that single contact point. Mm. Well, there should be more of the uh, the single contact point, mate. This is the 
one of the other vexed questions about the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator and, and the way it all works, isn't it? Anyway, happy. Uh, let's let's shift on to something a little bit happier. You're going to be up at the uh, truck show, are you, Rod? Mate, I'm certainly hoping to. That that's my plan. How long I get to stay there and that. Um, I'm certainly planning to visit. I've got a few people I want to talk to and 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 push things along. Uh, at this stage, I'm hoping to have a new set of trailers later this year and next. So I'll be looking for a few people to contribute to that. And yeah. uh, of course, it's a good chance to talk to mates and the like. Um, we're hoping to have a good NRFA presence up there. And yeah. I suppose that's the other thing I'll leave you fellas with because I've annoyed you for long enough. But if you want something done, and, and you know, many people know that I've done this on my own for, for many years, and, and I've been involved with the NRFA now for over 10 years, and, and I'm now the current president. And if you want something done, if you're prepared to put in the time and effort, you go your hardest on your own. But if you're going to sit there and want something else done and you don't have that time, like you said, mate, they're, they're all down there with their bloody heads down and their bums up trying to make the world survive and get home and do things, if they at least join an association. And I don't care if it's the union, if it's the local bloody Gogamobile club, or if it's their state-based trucking association, if yeah. they join, then that association has more capability has more opportunity and it has more weight to push the issues. So either yeah. do it on your own or get up and join and help us do it for you. Yeah, well, we've been saying that for quite some time. We've also been playing those top 10 tips. You know, those top 10 tips are recorded back in the day when you were driving Finnamore's tanker or Finnamore's or Finnamore tankers you were driving? It was, mate, and I've got to say, I've just got them on the back of my trailers now, so I've got those trailers where it's got a sign on the back of, talking about mental health and calling me up on Channel 24, and I've yep. got the top 10 tips back on the trailers again, so I'll change them every month. And You know, you get one car driver that sees it and learns something from it. You, you hope there's value in it. But, yep. um, mate, yeah, it's, it's, it's very frustrating when people accuse you of not solving the problems, but they won't help you. Mm. Yeah, no, and we're not right. asking. Yeah, we're not asking for their firstborn child. You know, we're not asking them to give us two weeks a year. Although that'd be really nice. Yeah. We just want them to participate by joining to help us help them. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really cost you very much. I mean, everyone knows I'm a member of the NRFA, and we obviously you you're the president, and Craig's a member as well. And uh, you know, if we don't pipe up and do something as you say join an association like like you i don't care which association you join just join one contribute um, i'd like you to join the nrfa of course because your membership helps us do what we do but you know it, it is it is what it is and i'm not on the board i don't hold a position of any authority in the nrfa um although i do <laughs> share my opinion occasionally, don't I? Really? <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, we, we've got to do it. We've got to get in and participate. It's, uh, it's good. Mm. We're sort of starting to wind down. You don't have to run anywhere yet, Rod. What have you got planned for uh, down the track for the upcoming? You've got this event that you're attending tomorrow. Have you got some other stuff down the track that you're looking towards? 
Mate, no. Like these sort of things often come out of the blue. Someone rings me up and, and asks, and and I generally say, look, I'll have to try and fit it in with work because I, I've got to respect work. They've allowed me to come a little bit out of my way, but again, yeah. I've now given up sort of virtually the whole weekend. I'll get a couple of hours at home tomorrow afternoon because now I'm having my 24-hour break here. Um, getting to those caravanners can be you know, hard. You've got to have, get access with the truck and it's got to fit in. I've got, I think, three others for later this year where I've been invited and I'm trying to see how I can fit those in. Mm. Um, I suppose the other thing at the moment is, is simply promoting, as we've just done, NRFA and, and getting people to support it because when you go to government, you've got to have some numbers. If you've yeah. got a weight of numbers and you say that you know those are your members, they are going to listen to you more. Now, I, I'm sure that you would both back me up. The NRFA punches above its weight Absolutely. for the members that we have, for the certainly the, the funding and the time and, and the availability and, and you know the history of the association. And yet we still struggle to get NHVR to solve those problems because they then have to deal with everyone as, as well. Like we had a good response from them at the conference, but then they went to the livestockers. They went yeah. to the VTA. They went to others as, as they must. And yet how many of them drive trucks full time? Certainly the livestockers. And, and I, I suppose I'd give them credit, mate, because if you're involved in livestock, you go to the, the farm you actually deal with the customer. You pick up the cattle from the bloke that grew them and, you know, has mm. supported him for his years. And then you go to the uh, the sale yards and the bloke there that's buying them. Whereas a lot of us are so far removed from our customers mm. that we don't have that one-on-one. -on -one. And we can't say, mate, you know how important it is that if I don't turn up in my truck and cart your freight, you don't, you know, don't get to sell it. Whereas mm. we know everybody else, get it here, get it delivered, get it sold for me, but I'm going to screw you over, I'm going to hold you up, I'm going to mess you about, you're not important to me. And, look, I, I did talk about DCs, and, you know, that's a whole other topic, but they tried to bring in a law in America that if you were held up at a DC for more than an hour, you got paid to marriage. Yeah. Now, if that law came into Australia tomorrow, we wouldn't be sitting in DCs for four and five and six hours be because they'd be wanting you out the bloody gate. But there was so much power against it in the States, they couldn't get it up there. And what chance have we got? Yeah, well, you've only got to listen to things like what old mate Rob Free said on one of his stories that he tells so eloquently there a few weeks ago, how he turned up 15 minutes late for a time slot on a Friday um, after he'd already done a delivery and been routed around by one DC, only yep. to be told by the security guard you weren't allowed to go in. And he could see in that the, there was no one in the near the bays but he yep. was 15 minutes because some little Hitler decided that uh, he couldn't go in there. And then, because he's an owner driver. Yeah, I've met that bloke depth. too, that little Hitler, except she was female. Yeah. Well, he's got to go. He's got to go. Uh, he had to go and get someone to take his load off. It's chilled load or frozen yep. load, store it and re deliver it. And the cost he incurred doing that, he might as well have sat home for the week and drank beer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and just not, it's not right. Not right. I wonder why none of us have got any hair left. Mm. Yeah, they wonder why people just say, "Well, bugger it, I'm not, I'm not going to play anymore." So, it, Mike, there's, something there's... completely different. How'd your shoulder go, mate? How, how did that work out? Well, I'm, uh, I'm sitting here at the moment with the arm in a sling, and it's a bit sore, and I'm enjoying the drugs. I'm not drinking any grog because it would make <laughs> me go silly, even more silly. 
And um, but it's uh, all looks very good at the moment, mate. Hopefully, I'll be back behind the wheel by the middle of August. How you going sleeping with that sling on? Have you got to sleep with the oh, sling on? Oh man, it's terrible. a bitch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, oh, no, that was not, the worst part, eh? Well, I'm tall. I can't. I can't sleep. I've got a beautiful recliner, but yeah. I can't sleep in it because my feet hang over the end, right? <laughs> so, I can, and, and you try to sit up in bed, and I'll be, we've got this funny sofa bed thing. I've been trying to sleep on that, but it's not the most comfortable thing. Yeah. Of course, if I try and sleep in the, in, the, in, in the bed with Rose, I've got all these cushions and stuff, and Rose has got two inches of bed on the side. So, <laughs> you know, it just... Yes, yeah, so I found the that fun. the hardest, eh? It's the, it is the worst thing, and of course, if you move the wrong way, it's like someone stuck a knife in your shoulder. Yeah. So, yes. so uh, I mate, up, I've, I've got to tell you, I, I, hope I, I ended up sleeping on my shoulder, and I actually said to the doctor, I said, oh, look, I, I find I'm more comfortable sleeping on it. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, but I can actually get some sleep. Oh, well, yeah. oh, you know, on a bed, maybe it'll be okay. And in the yeah. end, I, I spent more time sleeping on it because at least it was secure and it was in the mattress and you couldn't yeah. bang it and... You know, because otherwise you sort of put it in one spot and it hurts and then you roll over and it hurts. and mm. Yeah, but um, I wish you all the best anyway. Now, before you go, you know mm. we were talking about funny stuff and trying mm. to get some funny stuff on the radio? Yes. Just so you know, we've got Chicken Man now, right? Remember Chicken oh, Man? Oh, excellent. Haven't heard that so for ages. Going to put Chicken Man on. There was another show that you, you were just, was it just a minute or something you were talking about? Yes, yes, an old English um, show, comedy show. Do you know how many episodes of that there are? Do you know how long that went for, that show? <laughs> no, but on a number of years, I'm sure you're going to tell me, so you should be able to yeah. get it cheap, mate, and, and I still enjoy it. Mate, there are thousands of shows. There are thousands of them. It's, it went right up into the late 2000s. Oh, right, right. You know, like and and do they like charge that. you a lot for it, mate, or can you just steal them? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, you can't steal them. No, no. Costs a lot. Road costs a lot. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh. Cost bucket loads. The NRFA will sponsor it, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, no I'm, I'm looking into it, mate. I've, I've actually, I've actually tracked the place down where I can get some of this stuff. Yep. But we've got, we've got, so we've got Chicken Man, and we've got the Passing Parade, and I'm looking into a few others as well. So just yes. How green was my cactus and the Twelfth well, Man and. We, we can't have cactus, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. There was, oh, there was okay. something you wrote there, Rod. We might even have to have a look at that, eh? Yes, yes, yes. Mike and I are going to do that, aren't we, Mike? <laughs> Mate, I'd, I'd How love blue to... was my singlet? <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to do it. I'm not sh- I'm... <laughs> I've read some of the scripts, mate. I, it, uh, it would uh, take some doing. I think we should look into it, though. We really should. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Rod, thanks for calling in. It is approaching 10 o'clock, and... Yeah. Um, it's so, past my bedtime. Time for this little black duck to uh, sit in bed, <laughs> play a bit of news. Yes. But um, well, thanks everyone else for listening in tonight. Hope you enjoyed yep. the show. Um, thanks for indulging me in my rants. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mike, can he get you? Yeah. Need a soapbox for you, don't we? I'm just watching a village people video, mate. That's scary. Because mm. I watched some hot gossip there before. All right, eh? well. It's time to go to the news, mate. We'll um, see everyone on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Ken will be joining us from Truck Friendly. Righto. Safe travelling to all, gentlemen. Off to the news.